0: The, the the truth is is that you know a ted talk one time i watched and i can't remember the the lady that presented but she did a stellar job with this and she you know talked about uh you know time and how effective people who are successful utilize their time and how they make time for things and things like self-care is important being able to unplug is important being able to invest in all the different layers of who we are as human beings is important and you know the balance is key uh mental health like if you want to balance your mental health like time management and how you're utilizing your time is a huge critical component to that right and this is coming from somebody who knows what they're talking about here uh, so when i say that you can take it to the bank and do this shit for a living right time management's extremely important when people say i don't have time because i've got kids and i've got this it, it's just not true right? Yeah. Five, 10 minutes to engage in self-care, to practice a breathing exercise, to you take a hot bath, to, to enjoy a candle, to enjoy a song. I mean, it, it's as simple as that when it comes down to self-care. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It just means that you make a conscious effort to go, I'm going to stop A, B, C, D, all the letters, and I'm going to focus on this one X right here, this thing that is important to me, to help me to be grounded, to recharge, etc. Super important. And uh, you know, so I, I say this to everybody who's listening, watching, you know, mental health is something I, I, I promote heavily whenever, whenever there's the opportunity, it's important to take care of yourselves. It's important to invest in yourselves. I love people being here and everything, right. And listening to this, you know, when you get done listening to the show, watching the show, you know, or a, a stream or a podcast or a YouTube video or, or whatever, whatever it is from work take that five, 10 minutes, man, and just go, I'm just going to do something I enjoy for a little bit. You'd be surprised how much, how that will reward you, the human being and recharge you for all the things. And, you know, if you're creative and you have endeavors you want to pursue in your life, this is vital friends. And so Welcome to the party. We are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming, with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by my returning party members. Let's welcome back Renfail, and welcome back the Nathan Napalm. What's up, everybody? Glad to be here. So. You know, I gotta tell you all before we get started. This is a little weird because uh, I took about three days off since I haven't I haven't actually live streamed or done a, any content creation <laughs> since Sunday, and it's a strange mm-hmm. thing as a content creator to take that many days off. But man, the recharge is so good. Before we get started today, though, do have a good got a big give a big shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch youtube patreon all the places thank you for keeping this party's bags packed provision stocked for all of our adventures here on the show um also if you would like to leave us a review over on itunes you can go to our twitter at the lfm show look for that pinned post on the top click on the link go over leave us a five star review, and if you do with the comment we will read the comment here on the show live um and yeah, you can also call in to 1539-664-6801, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it here on the show if it's appropriate. But let's go ahead and get dug in, gentlemen. What have you all been up to since the uh the last show?
1: You, you, you binge want to go, Yeah, I was going to say uh I'll do mine quick. I've been binge reading. I finally finished the Mistborn trilogy, which is the first time I've ever read that by Sanderson. Mm-hmm. Um banged that out the other day. I had a six hour, almost seven hour reading session on Sunday. I just decided I'm not gonna game today, I'm not gonna do Netflix. I just it was like four thirty, five o'clock. I lay down in bed and I just read until like almost midnight. Um and then the rest of it's just been tabletop prep. Um I got Fantasy Grounds picked up. I did a uh ran through with volcanic Empathies here. Shout out to him. Um, I did a three-hour tutorial session with him on Sunday, a crash course in Fantasy Grounds, and then my brother and I did another like three-hour session last night. Um, So I'm getting all the tabletop prep stuff. Got costumes in the mail yesterday, uh, published Chapter 8 this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all all my stuff, and then just doing a lot of Star Wars Elder Public Story missions, because I could do those in like 45 minutes with a cup of coffee. And i'm supposedly i'm gonna play new world tonight i haven't Mm -hmm. played in a week but server transferred happened and we got all the people from the other server on this server now so i'm gonna try to start maybe doing a static group or something like tuesdays and thursdays but we'll see if that pans out but i am planning on doing that tonight after the podcast
0: nice what about you nathan
1: uh yeah i'm still playing new world still having quite a bit of fun
2: um and uh besides that uh just now because of the news on cyberpunk um i actually literally just reinstalled it i'm gonna play through it again because last time i played it it just launched it was super buggy we're at patch 1.3 now Mm -hmm. they got the roadmap for you know uh getting the game where they want it to be a lot of free content will be coming out between now and 2022 so i was like you know what let me just go ahead and do a do a slower um you know, a little deeper, uh, playing around with side quests a little more, to kind of uh, run through that game because it is a good game, right? Buggy, yes. Freaking awesome, fantastic
1: experience. Also, yes. Uh, so I'm gonna play it again. It is a great game. Um, such a great game. I, yeah, I it had its issues, but I think especially if they can push out quality DLC and expansion packs like they did for Witcher Three, it could, you know, rise to that same. Level over Mm -hmm. time, obviously. But Witcher Three also, when it came out, was a buggy mess. Didn't have quite as it wasn't as much of a hot mess as Cyberpunk was. But Witcher Three also had a rough launch, and then went on to become like the best RPG. I think most people would agree on. um, That's a really good
2: point. And the only reason a lot of people don't realize that or kind of forgot about it is because it staggered step the launch, which they should have done with Cyberpunk. It should have been PC. You know, get all the kinks and everything worked out, and then you know consoles etc so that's a really good point that we don't really think of the witcher 3s being buggy um because they had all they had a ton of time between the pc to console for that game the ps4 wasn't even out when witcher 3 came out to pc you know what i'm saying uh so it was a it was a long time
0: Ooh, you know this is a pretty good topic i think the volcanic imp mentioned said to rentel just, yeah, you see that I'm responding to hoping here, that yeah. we well, you know with the D game you might also make not just have it as a podcast uh as a twitch stream but do it as a podcast too i mean are there, are there plans point. about doing that
1: there was not until now
0: it's not a bad idea <laughs> yeah
1: uh, because it takes no i mean in the grand Audio scheme of things it's easier it takes an extra Let's say an extra hour in the grand scope of things, and it's not really even an hour. Because no. all you're doing is stripping the ad, audio, getting nope. the MP4, and then uploading it to wherever you want Less. to your podcast. Yeah. So it's it's at most an hour of your time. Yeah. And I would
2: just I would just say the only other change would be that we need to make call outs on roles. Yeah. Which you kind of naturally do. A lot of times you're playing D and D anyway, but we just need to maybe call it out
0: like yeah, um cues so, you know, that so that that audio version they'll yeah. see what they wouldn't otherwise be able to visually be able to be aware yeah, of. yeah.
1: that's that's something we, we would the only the only downside to that is that we would have to all be conscious about yeah remembering to yeah. say oh i just got a 17 and we might not hit it all the time true
0: yeah
2: um, but, but if as long as we hit it enough it'll it'll keep them you know interested in uh How's
1: it, how's that's it, that's how a really it, good idea though. Volcanic. Yeah. So thanks so much for that. I had not even considered doing a podcast version of it. Mm-hmm. Um which means now I have to think about that more and where we might want to I mean last time when I hosted the um the second season of Monday's Emergency I just did it through Patreon. And considering we're doing all the production through Patreon anyway for everything mm-hmm. else we might as well just host it through Patreon as well. Good. Um, because they have built in, you don't get as Mm -hmm. much wide. The only downside to that is you don't get as much widespread.
0: You um, don't. Yeah.
1: um, Visibility as you would if you hosted it like Podbean or. Yeah, I use Podbean.
0: Podbean's really, really user friendly, too. And there's I mean, there's monetization options to that as well. But, you know, like once I got it all set up, like getting it set up and kind of rolling in the beginning, to be fair, I had to go back with uh, the Ashes Pathfinder podcast And I had to go back on that one and I had like two years of audio and I had to go through and I redid the audio, but the audio part and getting it to the podcast places is is the easiest part of doing it versus like, you know, doing the YouTube pods and highlighting it and editing and cleaning that part itself. I have someone helping me with. But overall, in the grand scheme of things that that the video stuff takes more energy and time comparatively than the MP3 by far. you just have to make sure the audio is good. That's so easy to do. And then you Which, know, Podbean bumps it. You can bump it to like iTunes, and uh, I have mo- I have Amp on the Amazon Music. I have it on there, and I've got it on Google playlists, and I've got a handful of other places too. And it's just like
1: yeah, we might have to chat about that when yeah. we meet up for the first session because um, there will okay. be some logistics that I'll need to that I'll need to work through yeah. to get the first episode up. But if we're gonna, because yeah. what I figured on doing is we do, we do the live stream and then obviously I've got the recording for YouTube. And then that would go out like a, you know, not a week later. Cause if we're doing them Sunday nights, I figured we'd push those on like Thursday or Friday to YouTube. And I don't know if we want to, I would probably want to, I don't know if I want to stagger everything or put everything out. Like if we're doing it to YouTube that day, do the podcast the same day or stagger it so that the podcast is on, excuse me, the live streams on a Sunday. YouTube's on a Thursday podcast is on a, you know saturday or something i have no idea that's that's food for thought
0: so, yeah. yeah and yeah the
1: yeah we can totally talk about it like the
0: podcast stuff too because like even podbean a bunch of them usually are free but, it, but it's usually up to a certain amount of like actual like minutes Downloads. or yeah like so much time that you're essentially coverage content coverage <laughs> um so um yeah uh kind of like gets you thinking though doesn't it because like what are all the things that we can be doing we kind of catches us or kind of like zones us into talking a little bit about where we're at on the D and D myself. I've just, you know, I'm going to be, you know, after last week's conversation, there were some things that was like kind of like building up for me a little bit. And I kind of had a week of going, you know what? Kind of like fuck people, man. I was kind of like, fuck people. You know what I mean? Like for a little bit, I was like, I'm not going to worry about everybody else. Like I'm, I am, I have the problem as a human being of caring a lot about others And putting that sometimes like ahead of myself as a human being, Um, you see it in like what I've done for a profession and everything for years. Like I always looking out for others, always caring about putting other people first. I'm kind of like I'm gonna put myself first and be like fuck people for a little while. You know what I mean? Like focus on me, uh, make myself a bit of a priority, and that's kind of what I had to do. I had some things going on that I had to focus on, and it it was great because like I actually was like the you know day before yesterday. It was like I'm just gonna reground myself, focus on like what I really want to be doing with my time my energy, you know, the people I'm investing in, because this is important to do like real talk, you know, this isn't shitting on anybody. Like you get one life, you got to make sure you're investing in the people and the relationships that are valuable, that are important to you in projects or time commitments that are actually going to, you know, come full circle. Like, you know, that's mutually reciprocal, whatever you want to look at. Like you get one life, you got to invest your energy and stuff that at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you can look back and be like, uh, Okay, I'm good with that. I, I I'm good with how I did that as much as possible, right? And there's a really good um yeah. I
1: don't know who talks about it, one of the entrepreneur guys I follow. Um, um you know, it doesn't really matter to some degree. I'm saying this with a you know, a mm-hmm. bit of grain of salt to be taken into consideration. Yeah. Because I I some of us in the audience, I know myself, I've been there way back in the day, you know, being in a very bad financial situation. Not having any money can feel really bad. Yeah. But then there there usually comes a point in your life, and some of this has to do with maturity and age, where you go, it's only money. It is. And yeah. And there's always a way to make more money. You can always. And there was a joke I found on TikTok that said to my brother, it's like, if you're ever feeling unmotivated, look at the crackhead living on the corner. He wakes up every single morning, and that 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 guy is gonna find a way. To make money today. He is gonna make money so he can get his crack. Be the crackhead. crackhead. Lesson of the day, <laughs> be, be the crackhead. The day, be the crackhead. Yeah, that's, that's there's a... <laughs> there's an entrepreneur guy who talks <laughs> about, you know, the one thing you cannot make more of or get more of yeah. is time.
0: I oh, man, I yeah. say so it all the, time. the most
1: important. Investment you can make in your life is the investment of your time because money is just money. it can come mm-hmm. and go, you can make more of it, you can get more of it, you can lie cheat steal, whatever you can get more money, but you can't get more time no. so it's vitally important that you invest yeah. your time in the things that are going to make you happy more importantly than I think that's more important to yeah me. things that make you happy because yep if, if a thing makes you happy, it generally will or can make you money. Yeah. If you're monetizing that passion, um, you don't have to monetize that passion. A lot of people build hobby mm-hmm. trains or, you know, do weird, I don't know, paint weird figurines and stuff in their houses. But um, they don't necessarily monetize that. But it, that, that time investment thing is a, I love those those types of conversations of thinking about, you know, yeah. putting your time where it's going to be the most valuable for you yeah. as an individual. Yeah. yeah, and the the goal in life, realistically, for
2: most people, is to find something you enjoy that you also make money at, right? So, yeah. like, uh, that's kind of the dream. Some people make it there; some people don't. But um, you know, that's what you that's what you strive for, so that you're you, you know you're doing something you enjoy, and then you're also making money, right? So um mm-hmm. and and I saw an interesting thing I don't know um this is an older article so the inflation thing may make this not 100% accurate but it's close enough you'll get the you'll you'll get the joke um basically it said you know $100,000 anything beyond that uh you're not going to notice a, a a big uh quality of life improvement right of course that varies depending on where you live et cetera but uh the, you get the point there's a certain amount of money where it's a huge quality of life improvement and then beyond that, it's just, it kind of doesn't matter after that, right? Like the, you're not going to get, uh, anything meaningful out of it, uh, beyond that. So.
0: And it got clipped and I agree, man. <laughs> Look, You know what I've been telling people for years? I've been telling people this in my day, in my day gig and I've been talking about it as a creator. Time is the one resource you don't give back. People can contribute money, right? You can work a job, you can earn money, you can do this, you can do that. But at the end of the day, your time you don't get that back so where you invest it's important so yeah, to me I, it matters when people invest the time like all the people that are here right now because they don't get this back so they're this is a choice to no. be here and to invest time and in being here with the with us as we're doing the show or if we're doing anything anything else that we're doing you know
1: i also want to give my i got to give my wife a shout out here because mm-hmm. um there there is the unsung hero of anyone who is a, who, who yeah. is in a position where they can put oodles and oodles of time into passion yeah. projects, and and if they have a supportive spouse behind them or a significant, it doesn't have to be a spouse, significant other. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Um, but my wife is an amazing individual when it comes to you know we've been together for ten plus years now. I think we just celebrated our eighth anniversary last week, and it's. I've been allowed the freedom since we got married because I didn't start doing game development until like a couple of years after we'd been married. So it was like four, four years into our relationship, something like that. Um, and she has generously allowed me to put, I mean, thousands of hours at this point of largely unpaid to some degree, there have been a lot of, of benefits. You know, we obviously raised a ton of money with Stormhaven studios, but that was money for the, studio and the subcontractors and stuff um and and being allowed to do that like she never has ever said a word about like if i want to say hey i want to paint miniatures this week or i want to i'm going to buy a new video game and do that or i'm going to start a new youtube channel and do this or anything i've ever wanted to do creatively she has been there saying go for it you know Mm. that's it's, it's your life do what makes you happy and i'm like this is one of you know one of the many reasons I love you is because you allow me to pursue that. And not everyone is in a position where they have a, su- a supportive yeah. significant other. If you can get yourself one, <laughs> I highly recommend it's it. Tough to find. Because it well it will allow you to take dreams and make them into reality. Um, mm-hmm. Because the one thing it, it, that any creative venture takes is lots of time. And yeah. You have to be able to invest that time into it. No yeah, you know
0: what I invested some time in in the past few days, like I had some medical stuff going. I've been telling people in my community about it, like, you know, I'm a disabled army vet. And, you know, fighting the VA on, you know, disability compensations. A, it's a pain in the ass, man. It's a bitch, dude. It really genuinely is. It sucks sometimes. And I'm in the middle of essentially the final stretch of a, of a decade. Well, technically 20 year battle of all the stuff I've been dealing with or whatever. So I've been dealing with that and some other things or whatever. And, you know, it was really cool because, like, I had to take some time. I didn't work this week in my day gig. I was like, there's no way, dude, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be psychologically able to be there to click into everything. Um, Had some stuff guild related. I was like, can't do it this week, can't do content creation Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I just can't I can't I don't have the capacity. I need to focus my energy in doing this thing, focusing on these things. But I did I, I took a I took a. A page for my partner's playbook which is go with the flow you know yeah, i'm lucky yeah. you know she's she, she she is one of those people like she's you know I've, I've done this for a long time and i you know i've had a few partners along the way and i haven't had a partner that was there that looked out for me and it was like really pushed me to do it and like pursue my passions and my dreams and we, we both do that for each other and you know this week i was like i'm just gonna go with the flow i'm gonna go do my thing i'm gonna come home and i'm gonna see what i feel like doing i did a page or i think i did a couple pages on the sohq very casually did them right um i kind of focused on like some other things i'm working on and i sat down one day and i'm you know on the days when this is like for me this is like how it gets truly like you the today's title is homebrewed right today's episode we're talking about homebrewing and that's not just you know about beer but also it's about like (laughs) it's about content creation and like dnd campaigns and creative endeavors and man i my book my book that i this first book that i'm working on like i have a bunch of characters that i know are going to exist in the timeline right in different periods of time they're iconic to certain points like they're very important in pivotal uh pivotal points in history for the timeline for like this universe of mine right and dude I knew I wanted there to be this, like, you know, this sort of like speech to the people and sort of like a, a caption of like a character in the moment that defined something big and important. And I was literally in the process of driving to one of my appointments and I got there and it was kind of like, it started, you know what I mean? You know, you know how it is Renfell, you know, when you have like that, that it's like the dialogue is kind of like playing through your head of like this person and how they're doing something I, I assume and like i i had this dialogue playing it for this guy and this like sort of like third person narrative support sort of forming and i was like how can i describe this man it just came from me i went to this appointment i'm on my way home and i'm in the car boop there it was it just all played through the narrator talked, did it all i was like oh shit! and i'm driving and i need to write this shit down
1: no 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 <laughs> that's when voice recorder becomes <laughs> yeah. like your best friend. Because yeah. I have had so many moments where this thing has yes. saved my life, like where it's been like, I'm mm-hmm. just like, Oh, turn it on. and just, blah, 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 and then yep. I've got that later. But yep. the funny thing I do, I still remember um, in that first saga of Lucy me book echoes of the past. Uh, one of the main characters is a general called Stigwell. And I still, to this day, remember exactly when that character – and there was a scene, which isn't in the book, but the scene in which that character appeared. um, My aunt and uncle used to live in a place called Nixa, Missouri, um, Mm -hmm. which is near where I grew up in Springfield, Missouri. And I was going to visit them. It was a wintry day, and it had to have been 2000, 99, 2000, somewhere around in there because that was when I was doing the D&D campaign. And um, I was driving – Down the road to go see them, and there was this little section. There was a four-way intersection, and one corner of it was just this little wooded, like two acres square. And as I was driving by, the snow was coming down—a very just a a mild snow. But I looked into that patch of woods with the snow coming down and snow-covered forest and everything, and I saw General Stigwell at the head of like a group of twenty-five guys, mounted cavalry just all bundled up and trudging through on their horses, trudging through this copse of trees. And I was like, that's Digwell." And then I, that just that that character just popped into my mm-hmm. mind, and I knew exactly what I had to do with him and how he was going to fit into the story. And I'll still never forget it, because that to this day, that was like the most vivid character creation moment I've ever had, because he just appeared in the forest. And I was just watching him ride through with his men, and I was like... <gasps> Man, oh, awesome. of course, I was also smoking a lot of weed, so uh, <laughs> yeah. that did not hurt <laughs> back in now, the
0: day. Let me tell you about so, the pipe. So
1: I, I, I'm a big, a big,
2: huge believer in that. <laughs> those moments um, of just your imagination yeah. and your yeah. your uh, creativity juices kind of flowing for you um, will yeah. not happen. If you do not unplug, right? Like yes. if you're constantly got oh, YouTube playing oh, something, if yeah, you constantly yeah. got a podcast, you constantly yeah. got this and that, and you're always entertained, then it makes it impossible for that. Like, and it doesn't matter, right? Like it happens to me in the shower, it happens to me when I'm driving. Driving's the biggest. And and if you look back, um yeah. uh Star Wars uh and Star Trek. This kind of coincidence, but uh both in the Nevada d- desert. The thing they have in common there, the, the reason probably both of them were in the Nevada desert is this long roads with nothing interesting nothing. to see. So, you know, they the just time to think, time to just brainstorm, right? So, uh driving is a big one, right? If you can get that phone off, turn off the radio, and just let your mind wander for a while, man, you would be shocked at the. Uh, Amount of uh, things, but mm. like like Rempo said, man, I know I've got my phone ready to start recording if
1: I, if I start yeah. something good. It's funny. There's be- a, um, oh,
0: go on ahead. Go so
1: ahead. sorry, no. <laughs> I was thinking there's a good friend of mine, um, my D and D mentor, actually. Um He's 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 a firm believer in in lots of different things, and one of the things that he's a firm believer in is that one of the reasons humanity lost its ability to do magic was because of the dis- the distractions. Mm-hmm. And he used the radio as the perfect example. And I always loved I loved the way he presented the idea was that we've become disconnected. He said, it's kind of like if you're if you and I are having a conversation and we're both in the same room, I can mm-hmm. hear you clearly clear as day. But now let's move you to the next room over and put a radio in between us. We can still talk, but we have to talk over the radio. And it's harder to hear you because of that interference. And if we go another room further, or the radio gets turned up louder, suddenly I'm getting to a place where I can't even hear you anymore. And he always used that as, which I think I'm keying off of what Nathan was just saying about the distraction, because, but his point was, you know, this is why humans can't do magic anymore, or why it's Mm -hmm. become. So prevalent in our myths and legends, but not in modern-day society. Mm-hmm. And, he, and his reasoning is because we've gotten distracted by modernity, by technology. Technology has replaced magic, and of course we can do magical things with technology, but it's not the same thing as that organic mm. you know, uh, uh, connection that we may have had at one point in time with the planet and the universe around us. But also I think it works great for the the creative analogy that Nathan was saying because um, as much as I love this thing, I did not I, – I was very slow. I was late to the game with this. I did not me get too. a smartphone until 2015, and I only got it because I had a contract with TripAdvisor where they were sending me around Mexico to work on these resorts and do photography and stuff, and the contract stipulated that I had to have WhatsApp. And up until that point, mm-hmm. I still use an old brick Nokia And I had a newer one, but it was still, you know, like I bought it when I got to Mexico in like 2010. Um, And I got a smartphone because of work. And then, of course, since then, I have come to rely on this thing a lot for work. And there are a lot of amazing things that you can do with this tool. However, however, you know, it's also the great – I can't even take a shit without taking this thing into the bathroom Mm, with me. Me too.
2: Yeah, I I freak out. I freak out like I'll be holding it. You know, like, yeah, no,
1: it's... I can't take, I can't go. Yeah, I don't know where my
2: phone is. You know, and that's sad. You know, that's have, freaking I sad. I have gone looking for my phone. Yeah, like, me too. I'll be like, hunched over, like, oh, I gotta go. And I was like, just go to the bathroom. Like, where's my phone? It's <laughs> funny. Must be entertained for those <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so sad.
1: And, and it's worse knowing it too, because it's like, ah, throw the thing away. And it's, this is another area where my wife is much better than me because she went to visit, she's visiting her family right now. And she hates the phone to the point where when she goes and visits her family, she'll put it in the room and leave. I will only hear from her like once every three days when she's visiting family because she was just like, I hate that damn thing. I don't want to touch it if I don't have to. Uh, but she also doesn't work online like I do, so she doesn't. Yeah. Have, I don't have the luxury to just set it aside because I have I have a day job that requires it of me. Yeah. But it is ironic to know that we've gotten to that point with a phone yeah. that it becomes the great entertainer.
2: Before we move on past mm-hmm. what Renfell said earlier, I just have to say this, okay? It's real easy for us, all right? It's real easy for us to just sit here in 2021 and be like, oh, yeah, all those old kings and pharaohs always had a magic advisor. They used magical sources, and they had even had situations written in history where they had, like, standoffs between mages, right? But, oh, they just didn't understand what they were doing, and they just didn't know, and there was no such thing as magic. It's a little bit bizarre to say that. And these people were doing technological advancements we can't do today, right? So they they weren't stupid, okay? They built incredible freaking structures that we can't even replicate with laser and computer technology today. So to say they Mm. were stupid and that that stuff Mm, didn't exist is a little bit stupid of us right like we're the idiots right we can't even do what they did but yet we think we're smarter than they are right we, they yeah. did in my opinion they did everything cool that we can do today but not with technology they did it some other way and it, and it, once you can look at history that way and you're like we don't know how we don't know what they were doing but they were doing something we don't understand today and the only way we can explain it is to say it was magic right the old masters of painting look into that how did they paint so thin that we can't even print with the with printers today that thin as the paint covering masterpieces right michelangelo etc how did they do that how we have no idea we have we say we have all these theories but they're impossible right they'll be like oh they just mixed a lot of water then do it again then do it again do it right now if that's if you know how they did it then do it right now, and you will have a multi-billion-dollar painting overnight. Let me promise you, you can't do it because there's they were really, using something we can't replicate today.
1: There's a really good show, and I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, it was called Alias, which was J.J. Abrams' first oh. big TV show. And it was really cool because I went into it thinking that it was just a spy show, and I, I like spy shows. But then you get into it, and it's like, oh, no, this is not a spy show this is a spy show with a heavy fantasy and science fiction mm. underpinning where everything they're doing is to track down like these prophecies and they're looking into Michelangelo's works and the things that he was doing back then and how he was tied to the seeker organization who's prophesying the future. And Oh my <laughs> God, Alias is such a cool show. If you've never watched it, it, it was like 20 years ago now. Um, with, um, but it's such a good show because it has the underpinnings. And you were talking about Michelangelo, and I was remembering some elements of that show, where they were going into the heavy occult nature of a lot of what Michelangelo did, or Leonardo as well. As excuse me, um, and and how we can't explain those things or even replicate them. You know, it's it's it it is a great mystery, and you can't just put it all on aliens. You know.
2: Right. And that's what we do now. We're like, oh, it must have been aliens. Come on, man. Come on. Was there a little bit of that? I don't know, maybe. But come on. With the aliens, like, p- traveling all over the world, teaching everybody the same crazy, weird, magical technology or whatever? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so. They were doing things differently in a way that we just don't even conceive today, right? Like, they had to be. There's, there's just no other explanation. Because even... Even the – I'm telling if anybody believes the official story on how they built the pyramids, you're crazy. You <laughs> need to tell me they were building – you mean to tell me that for hundreds of years they were building a tomb for a pharaoh that didn't even exist yet. No! No, that makes no sense. That was not what they were doing, right? Like That was not what they were doing. It, it makes no sense. Pharaohs were so full of themselves, there's no way. That they would allow the people in that mass to build something for somebody else. They thought they were gods themselves. They would not have done it. it, it it's it's completely against everything to believe the official story. It's wrong. It's just the best explanation we have right now. That's
0: you know, what, you know, what I love about the moments when you go napalm. Is sometimes you recognize your audio level and you kind of like soften, soften yourself a little <laughs> bit on, the, on the way back <laughs> down. He like he kind the peak and then he's yeah, like, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs>
2: Okay. Yeah, I can hear I've got it I'm where it plays back so I recognize where That's I'm so going good, over. dude.
0: <laughs> you know, I can say this. Like, we could talk about this stuff for hours, right? It'd be a whole different type of show. I think so. Yeah. Like a whole different show, but but I will say You'll get
1: Graham Hancock and other guys on the show. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was
0: you know, back whenever I I had a practice I was running and I had some colleagues and they were like, you know, it, Stuff gets in the way, right? Of like creative processes. For, for oh, me, yeah. Right. And I had one of my colleagues, and she was like telling me, you know, if you don't like, you know, you can always come back to doing running your own practice and doing all the stuff that you do, and blah, blah blah. You can always come back and do it. You know, what I mean, your clients aren't going anywhere. You can always get new ones if you need to. You blah blah blah. And I was like, you're right, you're right. Started working from home. Started doing my stuff and things. And you know, I get caught up in this like I have to do certain things. I'm in this place right now in my life where it's like, I'm. I don't I don't have to. You know, what I mean, these like chains that you feel so many of us feel faded or I feel faded that to be bound to like, I realize they aren't even really there. Like and so I'm just like going I'm going specifically for the things I want. And so, you know, take two days off of doing content creation and just not doing anything and like committing to not doing anything is beautiful because it's like the I I recognize it's when I used to do my music more frequently, too, because I'm a singer songwriter. Right. And I used to like have my weekends where like, I wouldn't be working. And it was like, ah, and if I wasn't doing anything else, I would just like get pulled into my creative process of like working on a song or doing something like that. And it's like for me, it's like gravity. The moment I stop the wheels from turning in my brain, and I just like let my allow myself to sort of like just be I get pulled into my creative nature like gravity.
1: There's also something to be said, I mean Joe Rogan has some controversial opinions on his on his podcast sometimes, but there there was an episode he did and it's probably been a couple of years ago now where he talks about it is it is more challenging for individuals who have children um than it is for those who don't um as an example mm. but so many people and there's a there's a greater point to this I want to make real quick um so many people get stuck in this situation of I have all these bills that I have to pay Mm. and all these responsibilities. So I have to to do this job to pay for Mm. all these responsibilities. And only after that do they consider self-care or or do they allow themselves self-care. And by that point, it's very difficult for most people to find any sort of energy to focus on a creative project because they've spent all that energy in that 16 hour day of the commute and the kids and the spouse and the job and all these other things but there's also a very and i'm going to say this because and i feel like i have the authority to say this because i have been i've lived in multiple countries i've traveled around the world i've done a lot of different projects in other countries that i haven't lived in
0: know where you're going with this and
1: yeah so um capitalism and I'm not, I swear I'm not being political. I just mm-hmm. I, 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 but I have to mention this in the context of a greater conversation. A lot of people in the US like to blame their problems on you know, like, oh, I can't succeed because of these things. There was a brilliant video I saw somebody recently talking about, and he was he's from Eastern Europe. And he's like the problem is not capitalism. It, it, that's that's not the problem. Uh, no. The problem is culture.
0: Yeah, it's so, culture.
1: When he said, you see all these stories of people like me, an Eastern European or an an Indian or a Russian or a Chinese person coming to the United States, and within two years, they're financially stable, own a business, own a house. They're bringing their family members over, and they have achieved the American dream. That's why they came there. And the reason is because they're not doing what most Americans will do, which is from the time you're a kid. Like the recruiters will come to school, into high school, and tell you you got to get a credit card because you need to establish your credit so that you can get a credit score because that's going to help you get a scholarship and it's going to help you with this, 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 this. And the next thing you know, because this happened to my brother who committed suicide years ago, six years, mm-hmm. or seven years, it might be eight years ago now, you find yourself at 30 years of age with $300,000 in debt between a mortgage, car payment, credit card debt, school debt, and everything else. And now you're this wage slave for the next. You know 50 years of your life and if you're lucky you'll have it all paid off by the time you're 70 and maybe you get 10 years of your life to actually enjoy things whereas the the people from outside of that bubble who Mm -hmm. come into that bubble they're not going to dunkin donuts to buy a coffee every single morning they're not participating in starbucks they don't eat out they don't buy all this crap they eat beans and rice and live simply and within two or three years they've achieved their goal and they have that business And also on an anecdotal note, when I was living in Bulgaria, I was there after they – I literally moved there right as they joined the European Union. And I'll never forget, because credit did not exist in that country. Think about that for a minute. Credit did not exist in that country until – around the time they joined the European Union, and the reason was because as soon as they joined the European Union, now the European banking system is in play. So everyone is going out and getting loans because now they're like, oh, we've joined the European Union. Now I can go get the loan, which is gonna allow me to get that fancy BMW to be able to pay for the Starbucks that I want to be drinking, cause all the people I watch on TV drink Starbucks and everything else. And one of our neighbors had a breakdown. I mean he was crying to me in the hallway as he watched his like twenty-three-year-old daughter had gone out unbeknownst to him and like saddled herself with like sixty 000 euro in debt. Oh, shit. Because mm. all this these new banks were like. We're gonna give you all this money. And she went into it and went, oh, I can finally have all the things I see on TV. And mm. she fell into that. And I'm I'm I swore I wasn't gonna get political. This is not a political discussion. No. It's just a This is just talking I, about I humans, man. This is, man. A, this is like, a world advice. Yeah. yeah this world is advice. stuff, yeah. Um I I I live in Mexico City and I live here with my wife because of one reason. The universal health care. Because mm. I get universal health care for like 600 bucks a year for the two of us. And it's no co pays, unlimited doctor visits, unlimited prescription medication, everything. That one thing is the reason we stay down here as opposed to living in the US because the cost of healthcare is so ridiculous up there that it's, it makes it very cost prohibitive, which allows me the flexibility to be in a financial state where I can pursue yeah. creative ventures at a level that most other people cannot because I don't need tens of thousands of dollars every month or whatever to cover the cost of living and i say that in the course of the greater conversation on creativity and going back to that whole aspect of for many people they've allowed that financial instability to get in the way of that creativity and yes you do have to live simply but i i like to look at it and say i'm not cheap i'm frugal
2: yeah
1: you know and i'm allowed to do. I hear a lot of my friends are like, oh, you're so lucky. You get to do this. You are you got to wrote a book. You're working in game development. You're doing this. You're, I wish I had time to play video games like you do. I wish I had time to dedicate to YouTube like you do. And it's like, so do it.
0: It's yeah. not just
1: do it. It's a yeah.
0: choice. Yeah. People. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I, I totally agree with everything
2: you're saying. And also, I want to throw in there that every single person listening right now, you had the same problem that all three of us have, which is you're addicted to technology in some fashion, right? Uh, what 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 measurement you're addicted right varies, but we're all addicted to technology in some kind of way, right? And and that's okay. The thing is, is like we're not asking you to unplug and quit watching this show and to do uh, oh, no
0: god go, uh, oh, no, don't play, playing video
2: games, right? That stuff can be really <laughs> freaking good for you, right? Yeah. Like you can you can get a lot that's of really good inspiration you can get uh, ideas from it it can help you unwind from a hard day um but the big thing he said there at the end that renfield said that i really want to just capitalize on is um you can make time okay um i have a freaking brutal job i mean they demand uh, even when we're on the podcast i'll be answering questions on my phone uh, it, it's a 24 7 gig right Um, Actual man hours, uh, roughly 60 to 80 hours a week. I still play every game I want to play. I still run a YouTube channel. I still do shows. I do whatever I want to do. I just have to schedule it in appropriately, right? So um, my guys know that you can text me, and I may or may not answer during this time because I'm doing a show, right? It's scheduled in. It's in my calendar. Everybody knows. Everybody can see it, right? And the... Anybody can do whatever they want to do. If you feel like there's no time, <laughs> there's time, man. You just got to mm-hmm. make it, right? You got you to find those slots where you can do what you want to do. Uh, how much time you can put into it may depend on your job, right? It may depend on your life, your kids, your spouse, right. whatever. But you can always find some time to do what you need to do. Um, and, and you need to. You need to do that. So not related to gaming, mm-hmm.
1: but I would highly recommend anyone who's never done so to dive into Arnold Schwarzenegger and what he did as a late teen, early 20s guy coming to the United States, not speaking the language and literally not spending money on anything and just dedicating himself to the gym and pursuing. I mean, the guy was a millionaire. Before he started earning awards, because he was selling stuff through the fitness network, because he had built himself up within that network, um, way before he became a movie star, way before he was out there winning awards, you know, as Mr. Olympic and Universe and everything else. His his entrepreneurial journey is one that I think everyone should look at because he he came here with very little and didn't speak the language, and and took that. But it was a matter – it was a mental thing of saying this is what has to be done to make that happen. Um, And it does require some level of psychopathic dedication too because it's like to be able to singularly focus on something. A lot of people have said that a lot of entrepreneurs probably have a little bit of ADHD because they they can so singularly focus on that one Mm, task um, to to the point where it it becomes an obsession that may be true. I don't know. You know, it probably is. You
0: know, the, um, one of the things I was thinking about was, you know, we're talking about when you want to homebrew anything, you want to homebrew, homebrew your stories, your campaign and D and D your anything you want to be creative. Like one of the things is time management, man. It, it really does come down to it. And you know, there was a Ted talk once, and this is going to tie us into the promise. We're talking, we're talking like real talk sort of stuff here, but it all ties back into the title of the show and what we're doing. And, the, the the truth is is that you know a ted talk one time i watched i can't remember the the lady that presented but she did a stellar job with this and she you know talked about uh you know time and how effective people who are successful utilize their time and how they make time for things and things like self-care is important being able to unplug is important being able to invest in all the different layers of who we are as human beings is important and you know, the balance is key, uh, mental health. Like if you want to balance your mental health, like time management and how you're utilizing your time is a huge critical component to that. Right. And this is coming from somebody who knows what they're talking about here. Uh, so when I say that you can take it to the bank and do this shit for a living, right? Time management's extremely important when people say I don't have time because I've got kids and I've got this, it, it's just not true. Right, yeah. Five, ten minutes to engage in self care, to practice a breathing exercise, to you take a hot bath, to, to enjoy a candle, to enjoy a song. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. When it comes down to self care, yeah. um, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It just means that you make a conscious effort to go. I'm going to stop A, B, C, D, all the letters, and I'm going to focus on this one X right here. This thing that is important to me to help me to be grounded, to recharge, etc. Super important and. Uh, you know, so I, I say this to everybody who's listening, watching, you know, mental health is something I, I, I promote heavily whenever, whenever there's the opportunity, it's important to take care of yourselves. It's important to invest in yourselves. I love people being here and everything right. And listening to this, you know, when you get done listening to the show, watching the show, you know, or a, a stream or a podcast or a YouTube video or, or whatever, whatever it is from work. Take that five ten minutes, man, and just yeah. go. I'm just gonna do something I enjoy for a little bit. You'd be surprised how much, how that will reward you, the human being, and recharge you for all the things. And you know, if you're creative and you have endeavors you want to pursue in your life, this is vital, friends. And so, you know, something this week, and we're gonna kind of shift into the gaming news discussions and why this is vital to what we're doing. You know, I, I took about, I, I try to like. Take and now. <laughs> I've seen some of what Renfell. Renfell spoiled a little bit and was like, "Check out my get up." And he was like, "He ordered some stuff." And I almost sh- wore it on the show. Oh, today. dude, it's looking good. It's it's definitely worth like waiting for. I think a bit, but people got to see the eyes. I'm like, you know, kind of like what I'm going to do with that. I found something uh, that I'm going to oh, wait a minute. I finally real found. Quick, real quick, yeah.
2: For right before we do it, because we don't, yeah. we, we can't, we can't now down a date exactly just yet because no, we, need to, we need to get some things yep. settled for the show to be good, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But once we do, couldn't we on that Thursday right before we just do the show in our costumes? Is that a good idea? Just get <laughs> a little hype? Oh, we yeah, could. Yeah. yeah.
0: We should do that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Because I've I got like, two maybe things like, to order. I found okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this part. We were talking about this right, before right. the show. Well, because talking about it doesn't really get you see the thing. You don't get to see it. I, so <laughs> right. I guess this is that situation where I kind of tease people. Go enjoy it. Wait for it, <laughs> dude. I'm like I think I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get like a shirt. So it's not like heavy and hot and uncomfortable. Get like a shirt that looks like chainmail, right? Oh, Renfel, I totally found these like like steel pauldrons and like a small like kind of a chest plate sort of a thing Mm. and i was like oh it's like it's expensive right this is a long-term investment but dude it looks so fucking good and i could totally customize that to give it the elements i'd want like i can add to it and I was like looking at this, and I was like, "Oh shit!" You can
2: wear it when you're streaming at, As- or when you're playing Ashes too. You True. Know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. The, the, the white
0: eyes <laughs> is becoming an identity, an identity component for me. I think. <laughs> oh. You're gonna have a persona. Yes, down. yes, dude. I was like, "Oh my god!" Because like when I play video games, I play Arc. I play The Elder Scrolls Online. When I play a game that I love playing, if I can have glowing eyes, I do it a hundred percent of the time. It's my thing. I love it. It's my inner paladin light shining through my <laughs> eyes. I love it. It's my thing, man. And, you know, because of the Snapcam thing or whatever it's called, like I I found that. I was like, oh my God, I found a filter for the perfect. And so, I mean, technically a glowing kind of like off-white yellow eyes would be preferable, but we're not quite there yet. I'll find it one day. Point is found the thing for the eyes. I think I found like a shirt that looks like chainmail so that's comfy. Found shoulders, but that's like long-term investment. Plus, when you start out a campaign, you're not, you're not, you're not the epic paladin. You're wearing your scrub no. gear. You are toting oh, around yeah. a freaking camping uh, you know, tent and like bag and stuff on your shoulders. If you had enough gold, like if you had enough gold, man, maybe you got some provisions. Like, how'd you spend your money for your left on the I know enough about that to know this, right? You you're not, that's not epic. to
1: parts to me. Yeah. About the early stages, if you really want to dive into that part of mm-hmm. D D, is when because they didn't used to have like when I played Second Edition A D D, they didn't have all the like kits that you have now. Just dis- explained in the player's handbook where it's like, oh, you could chip change the you've got the Explorers Pack and the Dungeoneers Pack and the mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and those things come with like a crowbar, opinions, yeah. a backpack, mm-hmm. tent. But back in the day, you know, you used to have to kind of pick all those things and say these these are what my character has, and if you want to get into that mm-hmm. element of the campaign can be a lot of fun because you start having to think about, well, this all weighs this much and yes, I only can carry this much yep. and survival. So one of the things my, my D D mentor, Ted, used to fuck with me so bad was mounts because mounts are the one thing that can enable you to carry a lot more and to get around the world Mm -hmm. a lot faster so he would do everything in his power as a dm to just (laughs) constantly be throwing random encounters at me to try to kill my mounts because that was like this this ease of use thing and he was like no man you need to be constantly on your toes and so we're out in the wild and like every you know, every chance he had, he'd be throwing um, opportunities at me. but that that aspect of it of when you first start off, a mount is really, really important because you don't have a lot and you need stuff to help you. But then as you progress, you start to get abilities that make you more powerful with or without the gear. And that's when you can start to transcend that a little bit. yeah, and also you start to get gear that can't be stripped away from you as easily as just a normal set of like leather armor can right. be you know you get items that are magically attuned to you um you know things of that nature so i love the what i love where your headspace is at i am going to spoil yes. something very quickly oh, okay. and, I, and i do have to show this because okay. um i do have this really oh, cool there's... pipe that, that my brother got for me <laughs> yeah. um he sent this for me for christmas last year or my birthday i forget mm-hmm. but it's actually from missouri it's called missouri Meercham company and they do corn cob pipes but this is literally called the Corn Cob hobbit or the corn Cobb Shire, I forget which one it is. But they have a line of Lord of the Rings inspired corncob pipes, and he sent me this years ago. So this is one of the props nice. that I will be using in the upcoming show. But it is a it's it's, it's a cool little um corn cob. I've never had a corncob pipe before. I used to smoke pipes a long time ago when I used to I uh, used to smoke a lot of cigarettes way back in the day. And I used to have a pipe collection, but I gave that up years and years ago, but I have been inspired to uh Take up the 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 halfling leaf
0: Get into uh, roll for this
1: this show. Uh, But I love what you're just talking about that the 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 going from leather arm like the first time you get like plus one longsword. Yeah, it's such a cool moment because especially if you're if you're DMing a world where certain and you know enemies can only be hit by magical weapons. Which by the way, going back to EverQuest one, that was one of the things I loved about EverQuest one. Early on was that you, it, depending on where, if you started like if you were trying to go out there and attack the o wisps and stuff, you would quickly find that like, ghouls and things of that nature. It was like, it was like, oh crap! I need a magical weapon. And like mm-hmm. the first time you go up against something, if you weren't near a zone line and you could, couldn't get away, you could find yourself dying to this creature who is leveled below you because you couldn't do anything right. to it because it's like this magic creature is like, you wanna fuck with me? No, fuck you! Yeah, get yep. wrecked, get There's wrecked, dude. do about
2: it. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. I'm being mindful. I'm not going into this going, oh, I'm going to be a true champion and go charge in. I'm not going to be stupid. Right? Yeah. I'm taking this shit seriously, man. I'm going into this world like it's the real deal. So, yeah, zero fucks given. I'm nerding out. And, And I like that. Everybody's got a Ted. Everybody's Ted. Hashtag everybody's dad. That's a good tag, isn't yeah. it? Though it's yeah, you know, it's Pretty like a gift. At... It's like I can't control it. Just dead. kidding.
2: <laughs> and also, real quick, guys, I'm gonna give a, a little piece of advice. Yeah. If you, if you don't have time, I'm gonna give you two to four hours of life every <laughs> single day. You ready? Yeah. You don't have to get eight to ten hours of sleep. No. Nope. Six hours is plenty. It's <laughs> freaking plenty, dude. Six and, hours.
1: There's two to four hours. Man, you're welcome. That, that, that ties back into Schwarzenegger has talked about. He only sleeps five to six hours a night. Same That's thing with need. the rock. All these guys who are like super like super successful, none of them sleep more than five or six hours a night.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't sleep more than five, or six hours a night, but I do take a nap every single day, usually around eleven. Like today, I lay down eleven thirty, woke up at 1.30, you know, but I only slept like five hours last night. So I get up refreshed, I do a good chunk of work in the morning, I do my run, I do everything I need to do in the morning. Once that's out of the way, I take my nap. I get up from my nap, and with pretty much every single day, usually from the time I get up from my nap, which is mm-hmm. you know one thirty-two, until I go to bed at night at like midnight, all of that is me time because I did all my day job stuff in the morning bracket in those like five to six hours when I first got going in the morning. And that's the other thing too is I love I love having a job. Shout out to my job um, where it's not hour related. It's Objective based. So, as long as I get my objectives done, who cares how many hours? I mean, that's the one thing I hate about any job that requires you to punch a clock. I do feel for you because that does kind of suck and that does take a little bit more out of your day, but you can always find time because you don't need eight to 10 hours of sleep every night. I love that. That's really good advice.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, oh, sorry. I'm like sitting here looking at the tabletop group DM and I just saw the, the announcement of, well, for
1: us. Yes.
0: I have well, access I could... to knowing them, but it looks like <laughs> they're coming up soon.
1: So I we can say that because I think I put it on my I put it on my oh, announcement today in Discord. So shit. we're gonna be doing our first internal session is the plan is to do that on November 7th. Um, and that's gonna be the session where we go in and create our characters, play around fantasy grounds. I'll have to set up uh the overlay, make sure I got everybody's mm. screens where I want. That's the only downside, and you'll find this once we dive into fantasy grounds. There's so much going on. <laughs> that you've run out of real estate really quick because it's like, well, I want all these tabs open, but I don't have enough space for all these things. And, and, you know, I guess if you have multiple monitors that can help out with that. But, um, um, that first session, cause my brother and I did a good chunk last night and we got done and it was like, we didn't do all the things we needed to do. And we did like two and a half hours. It was like, I think we're going to need two. We might be able to do it in one session, mm. but I think we're going to need two sessions to get everybody all their characters created oriented. and to run through like a couple of, you know, um,
0: get sort of things, demo yeah. sessions, just yeah. to make yeah. sure that
1: we all, we got all our kinks worked out. So mm-hmm. if we, if we don't start on November 14th, it'll be November 20. A. Seven? and
0: good things take time. Sorry. Got to invest and make sure so, we're, we're, we're doing this for real. So, we're so correct sure. me if I'm
2: wrong, but, um, also, me and sim if we wanted to right we could pull up our um from our end the um the tabletop simulator right uh, fancy grounds mm-hmm. set up our own overlay record it on our end couldn't we and we would still see everybody else's dice rolls and everything i believe that's how fancy grounds works right i think you still see the die. I think everybody I think you still see everybody's dice rolls still kind of splatter I'm on the screen. Pretty right? sure you, see, every, you
1: just yeah. see everything. I mean, the yeah. only ones you won't see is if I choose to hide the you. em rolls. Yes, yeah. right, right, um, right. But right. otherwise, you'll see rolls. Everybody's, everybody's rolls. rolls. Cool.
0: and cool, little cool, avatar cool. pictures and stuff. I remember that from before when I did no. it too.
2: We'll show. If, I was... if you guys want some custom avatar pictures, oh. I can throw some stuff together too.
1: Well, they do have a bunch of mm. ones that came with it because I purchased them. Are they good? They look good they're pretty good okay um, really? but, cool, cool, but cool, i was cool. good that was one of the things i was going to leave up to everybody is when we get in there for the first time if people don't like the avatars that they have yeah. in the system that we can get custom ones made from that
2: well they actually sim good. has tons of art he could use right don't you you have like tons of ones that look like you uh,
0: right they're kind of emotes but i mean t- essentially i could utilize some of that as, yeah i could just tinker around with it and yeah i could anyway it's, it's, that's it's a pretty
1: but... it's pretty awesome and yeah we are planning november 7th is going to be our first internal session if we can pull it off then we'll stream the first session of the 14th but i'm nice. thinking it's probably going to be the 21st but yeah, we'll announce that so, yeah. Yeah. we'll announce that closer to the date yeah um, for sure and then we should have uh the plan i don't know if i mentioned this last week but the plan is that um unless there's something catastrophic that happens um we are planning on on unveiling everything to the public on the 1st of November, November, which will be when everybody can go follow the social media channels, sign up to the newsletter. If you mm-hmm. want to play the point-and-click demo, that will be available on the 1st. Um, but no. where we're going to be streaming, that's the most important thing. That's going to be available. We'll, we'll point everybody in that direction, that
0: direction. on the 1st.
1: So I think that 1st is like a Monday
0: – uh yes it is actually So that
1: that episode on the 4th when we do that we can talk about it further then and and mm-hmm. remind people to go to those places. But it's oh, yeah. it's it's on us. It is almost upon us. It's not far. Almost uh, there.
0: We're getting we're brewing things up. It's get brewing man. It's get ready brewing. for the
2: most nerdiest shit you've ever seen cuz we are be gonna nerdy. nerd the, yeah. We're going to be you know, I don't know if the I don't know if there will be a comparable um group out there i'm <laughs> nerdy we're gonna actually get yeah we're gonna i mean
0: yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm i'm going full on nerd man i'm yeah. zero F given dude i'm just gonna get into my role i'm gonna have fun with
1: it i don't care i'm just gonna yeah let's do it my, yeah. my wife is still so terrified because she's like i don't know what's gonna go i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna follow along with everything and i was like you don't really have to because we got people here, and and i was trying to explain her the other day because she, she's not here right now so let's talk to her about mm-hmm. over the phone how we got everything prepped and purchased and And she's stressed because of her English. And I was like, "Don't be." And she's also stressed about tabletop. I said, "You don't understand. One of the coolest things for anybody in tabletop is when they find a tabletop virgin. (laughs) Yeah, suck them in. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't matter how bad you are at the beginning. It's the ability to convert that person and see them having fun doing what you've
2: enjoyed for years. There's nothing like that. You know what Uh I mean? Like, it's it's uh it's so much joy for everybody, right? To see." And especially for her, right? Like Sim's not done this, but, but he's I played mean, a lot of. Come on, video. he's 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 lived this world yeah. of life, right? You yes. know, so it's going to be really fun to see her really like having fun. with mm-hmm. it. I mean, I'm I'm super. I don't even know her, and I'm super excited <laughs> to just
1: see those moments where she's just like into it, you know. And I know from my brother's perspective, he's tried four or five times to get groups together to do this mine over, so he's super stoked to finally be able to do the the thing in its entirety
0: to yes. actually be able
1: to do that so um i think it's going to be because we have you know and like with sim you've never done dnd before either so it's going to yeah, be a very not really
0: it,
1: it's going to be a I, very interesting three
0: sessions total ever in my whole life one way back in the day i can't remember then two other ones and the two other ones were kind of their own runoffs it was like in guild and you know my experience has always been like i i think i was prepared to potentially take it more seriously. Than I think some other people were no, not, you know, talking bad about anybody, but I, I was, you know, really wanted to learn. And, and my experience has always been, there's a lot of people around me that have wanted me to, like, there's a lot of people who've expressed interest in d d right. And a lot of people, like, I think back to like a year ago, like, I was like contemplating it and all this stuff. And it's like, well, if you DM it, we'll jump in with you. But then everybody around me was getting invited into things around me, like someone else would start one and people in my community would be joining that thing. And I wouldn't get invited into it or people that were like into it would like have something completely formed with their own group. Or there would be people that would uh, already kind of have things running, that would invite me in. But then due to my own time, I couldn't actually be a part of it because it didn't align with schedules. So it just it never has synced up for me in a way that would like work now it well, has. another
2: another really good thing about this is that uh Renfell is has his own yeah. um d m style right and that's what's fun about d and d is like I've, I've been playing with my family, right? Mm-hmm. But I have my own DM style, right? And I'll just make up freaking rules, right? Like, if something's on the fly and I don't know the answer, I'm not going to dig through the book, right? I'll just make up something. I'll flavor it up. I'll, you know, whatever. So that's what makes D&D so cool is the homebrewing aspect of even, like, we're not running at first. We're not running a homebrew campaign. We're doing an official no. one.
0: Yeah. It
2: doesn't matter. Like, no. there will be homebrew in there. On the fly, Renfield's going to yep. be making decisions, making stuff up. You know, uh, it's just the way that it goes. So I'm really excited.
1: That that flavor roll, Uh, the flavor roll that I use, um, and you go deep into it too. Yeah, Uh, and especially if it's if it's if it's if I'm getting if something is churning up in here, yeah. I'm like I'm just going to keep throwing the dice and let's just see how far we can take this before we have to, you know, actually come to a conclusion. (laughs) But I find that to be, I find that solution Mm -hmm. works especially um in scenarios where you might have people who aren't very good at role playing because they're new to it yeah or they're just not comfortable yeah and other other people have advice about how to do this like you could try to you know have an npc converse with that character and point their sure. conversation to that character to try to you know get them into things a little bit more. But I, I always like, make it, uh, I like making it about the dice rolls because then they're having an active part in it as opposed to being forced to think about something mm-hmm. off the top of their head. It, well, let's let the dice dictate what is going to happen. Is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? And I'll let you decide what that good or bad thing is. So I think that adds a little bit of flexibility, but you're right. Everybody does have their own a unique way of dming things and mm-hmm. you can throw it in um and as long as everyone is on board for that it works great the only times i've only ever had one encounter um where it didn't work and and this has been years and years and years ago mm-hmm. i was dming a homebrew campaign for a group of people i had just kind of casually met mm-hmm. and i hadn't played D in a couple of years so i thought what the hell you know i'll i'll attempt and i think we got three or four sessions in before i just was like you guys are on your own. And the reason was because there was a part of – there was a husband and wife in that group, and he was a rule – like a rule. Mm. Um, Nazi. Rule um. and. Yeah, he was a rule yeah. Nazi. And, yeah. he, and he got upset because I was using flavor rolls as a DM, and he didn't like that because there mm. came a scenario where we were going up against hill giants. And he did this thing, and, and, and I rolled a flavor roll on top of that. And the flavor roll meant that he took some damage. And the guy literally had like a five-year-old temper tantrum. I mean, he was a mid-30s dude <laughs> having a five-year-old temper tantrum in the middle of a D&D session. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, this is not good. And then we kind of got past that. And then the next week, it happened again. And and then I think I let it go. That It's very foggy, these memories. But it, it went two or three times before I was just like, i'm i've had enough good luck guys and i never talked to them again because but that's the only time i've ever had a bad experience and it was because there was a person in the group who was like a rule nazi who was like no this is you could move 25 feet if this happens man, that, yeah man. Oh, come on man that yeah you're yeah. taking the fun out of it like
2: yeah you've got to roll with the dm right like so even if i know a rule and i'm just gonna roll with the punches right like hey this is this is uh you know once you get into that it ruins the game for everybody right like even if it even if it's good for you and you're like well actually by the if we follow the rules of the manual um (laughs) everybody else is not gonna have fun anymore right it's gonna ruin it because then you just took them out of the game too
1: um and there there's guidelines that's that's really all they (laughs) should be used for and that's the one thing i do appreciate about um because originally when i was putting all this together it was only i was i was going to i had my own system that i was going to use which used eight stats instead of six and then as i got deeper into it and i started looking into the OGL and and everything that they did with their licensing and i went it's going to be way easier just to use the SRD and the OGL that that Wizards of the Coast makes available because so many people use 5th edition everybody knows it right i just need to learn it which by the way uh, for everybody watching uh Simmerg, my wife. They're not the only people coming into this new. I have never DM'd a 5th edition campaign before. I am familiar-ish with the rule set because I've played games mm-hmm. like Celasta, which uses the 5th edition rule set. Mm. Um, but I'm I've never DM'd a campaign, so I'm coming into this That's another reason why we're doing this this multi-month Lost Mine of Phandelver thing is like training wheels so that i can also learn all the fifth edition things that i think are going to be most appropriate for the homebrew that we're doing later on but um i think that's the one thing i really love about fifth edition is that uh, what i've seen so far is they've made it highly adaptable
2: yes um
1: with everybody's homebrew system so that's why you've got Ouroboros and and the the middle earth one and you've got all these different campaign settings that can blend with the rule set and they don't have to go out and come up with their own unique thing which to be honest with you is a hell of a lot of work um in and of itself because you're having to create all of these unique rules and it's like well why not just use the ones that are already there that they're the most common
0: yeah you know it, the thing is is like there's big differences between the diff, you know different types of whether you're talking pathfinder or D D, but like i think the the positive is if you've DM'd at all, then it's just learning like the the different variations and the styles uh, yeah. and the rule sets and the flavors. That's a good changes. example
1: because um when I I remember when when, when I bought EverQuest, I was in the, yeah. the line in the Star Wars store at the first Star Wars celebration mm-hmm. in Denver, and the reason I was talking to the guys in the first place was because we were talking about the existing at the time there was a there was a, a Star Wars role playing uh, system. I don't remember what it was called but it was a instead of a d20 system it was a d6 system which is completely different Mm. from the d20 system that everybody knows because the d20 is not even used it's everything is based off the d6 and it was a bit of a learning curve for me to get into that system at first but once you learned it it was you know it's just another way of playing um, another way of doing things but obviously there is that that initial learning curve um I don't know that how many systems there are out there, but the D20 is like the golden standard because it's D&D, and that's, you know, I think most systems use some form of Roll20.
2: Yeah, and I didn't realize until recently there was, uh, I remember in second edition, it seemed like everybody loved it, right? Thacko, maybe not, right? And people would make some various rules to get around that. But third edition, (laughs) I remember, it was almost like D&D just went away, right? Like, that, just my personal opinion but it felt like during third dnd um that it, it just kind of nobody really liked it that much fourth 3. i don't even remember the fourth i don't no, even know what happened
1: 3.5 um, <laughs> had like a big burst and then it went fourth and it went dark again
2: yeah i don't even remember it i, I seriously have no idea i have no memories of it at all and then fifth edition it kind of uh, i feel like it really kind of uh popped for me. I I thought fifth edition was pretty darn good um and has been. Uh but I just realized recently actually there's a crap ton of people that hate it. Like uh vehemently mm-hmm. think it's the devil, right? And it's like I did not know that till recently as so I started researching. I was like wow. Um and I and, you know and I understand the point of views and everything, but it's kind of like, dude, it's just so flexible though that even if you hate it, you kind of can just change a few rules and it even says like just like D and D Classic has always said, that I'm aware of, these are just guidelines, right? Like this is just to help you get started. We don't give a, we don't care what happens. We, we just don't want you to get stuck and not know what to do. So here's some things, some rules we made up,
1: and then do whatever the hell you want after this, right? They do. Um, I think one of the things that I uh, that surprised me, and and it, and it's an easy rule to throw out, is the advantage and disadvantage system. Yeah, because all that is is rolling two d20s instead of one and if you want if you have advantage you take the low and throw it out if you have disadvantage you take the high and throw it out right and i i find that to be a really interesting way of adding a little bit of extra flavor to the advantage versus disadvantage as opposed to needing to use modifiers um and it's a simple enough system, but if you don't want to use it, you don't have to. You just throw that out and just roll yeah. a normal d20 like you always did.
2: It's Same like- thing with saving rolls. That's another thing that a lot of people hate, which I, I, I had never even thought of that perspective till I heard other people talking about. But it's like it then don't do it. <laughs> it's that simple. You Take can it choose. out of the game, right? Yeah. Like th- that's the DM's discretion, in my opinion. Um, it's almost like we live in this weird time where people don't understand. Like you don't have to follow the freaking rules, man. It, it, it who's do you think somebody from Wizards is going to show up at the game table and be like, Hey, what the hell's going on here? You know, like, come on, bro, just, it's your guide just to the table, do whatever
0: the yeah. hell you want. They give you the framework, <laughs> but you have the freedom to choose to do things yeah. the way you want to do it. It's if it's your campaign, that's,
2: that's the beauty of it. They right? don't, di- the rules, of freedom,
0: yeah. The rules aren't there, the rules are there as a guide, they're not there to dictate. Like, to help. if you yeah. don't do it, you have to live in, in your head and in your role play of this whole thing, the way we tell you to. Otherwise, you can't do it at all. Like, that's...
2: Come on. That isn't yeah. the way that
0: works. You know how would I mean? they
2: even enforce that? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, guys. They can't... Even if they did take that stance, yeah. they couldn't enforce it, right? So
0: it's, like it's we're, just like... We're that. here to dictate what you get to think and how you get to imagine stuff, so...
2: I, I blame that oh, you know man. I'm going to get just a t- this is tiny little bit political. I blame that on the education system man. They're like this is <laughs> how you do, it. No, oh, you do it. Just like this and then you do that like that and then oh, people their brain just kind of formulates <laughs> the around the this like this was- is how you do things is by the rules. And it's like guys forget that like find the coolest oh, most fun and most awesome way to get to your goal and do it that way right screw the screw the rules
0: i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna use this as a segue to start getting into our news discussion um not even necessarily just news but game like more we're gonna step away from the homebrew component because we've we've talked about it a good bit definitely want to hit on some of the other nerdy things on the agenda while we have time today and one of them is something nathan can talk about because he covers this game specifically well one of Many, many people who covers the game, but here on the show, he's kind of like the Pantheon guy and I'm kind of like the ashes guy. Cause those are the games that we've had a heavy focus on talking about for a long time, uh, as well as plenty of other games. I kind of ramble a lot about the Elder Scrolls as well, which by the way, the witches festival is going on right now. And I'm a freaking nerd out about that shit. <laughs> I love this time of year and it's exciting because they have a, they do such a damn good job with their witches festival in this game. And I'm a little bit—I'm yeah. not a big proponent of the crates, you know what I mean? But they do them. And my lady, she went and she got some today, and I'm like, I typically don't unless I'm committed to dropping until I get something I want and I know I can get it with gems. And she got like one of these really badass like mounts today, and you know she she gets so she gets such good luck on this shit. <laughs> I have the worst RNG. Look at my luck at getting Ashes of a in World of Warcraft, dude. It's fucking horrible, horrible time of trying to get that damn thing to, to drop but okay so pantheon rise of the fallen is they they had a change to the game you want to yeah. share It's a bit of a nerd out moment here
2: yeah it's a big deal so uh, let me let me start with why and what how this came to be uh this won't take long so vanguard sure. saga of heroes was brad McQuaid's previous mmo and it had some mm-hmm. issues. It launched roughly. He was rushed uh, by the publishers out to release it before. It was ready. It was half-cooked, and it hit the market. And it, it it was an excellent game that by the time the vision was fully realized, they had the game the way they wanted it to, it was too late. The players were gone, right? Um, so it's a very sad story. But he took what he learned from it when he was making Pantheon. Now, Brad McQuaid has passed away, but his vision is still 100% with Pantheon. Mm-hmm. So when he started designing Pantheon, he said, look, we're just going to go zone-based because I did the seamless open world with chunking and 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 systems the best we could come up with in Vanguard, and it was – I regret that decision. I wish I would just went with zones, so I'm going with zones, but I want it to feel like an open world. So their ideal was – which I've got to test it, so I know that they were doing a really mm-hmm. good job at this – they wanted the zones just to be so massive that it felt open world, Right now but the vision was to be open world just how do we do that and not be system hungry etc well recently um they changed a, cu- a couple of tools and they got this new pipeline thanks to them doing some refactoring uh about a year ago they were able to uh make it basically to where it's a bubble a really freaking huge bubble but you know a lot of games do this right where it's just rendering things as you know out to a certain point on on detail right so if it's Mm -hmm. within this range is highly detailed medium detail low detail right so you can still have a big lod line of distance of sight but it's only loading that once they got that in the game they tested it made sure it worked good they realized cool we don't need zone lines anymore so the zone lines are out now they're still there the the pc knows about them right because it has to switch over chat channels etc but as far as you, the player, it's not chunking like Vanguard did. It's it's streaming to the disk is the best way I know how to put it yep, uh, exactly. as you move. It's, so and it's, it's been done technology. a million times. Yeah, it's just we didn't they didn't know with Unity they could do that. And and by the way, Unity can't do that. This is a custom built tool. They pulled out the scene compiler. Um, uh, that's the best way I know how to describe it, from Unity, and they put in a custom one. So, uh, with the custom one now in Unity, for the first time ever, Unity's never done a seamless open world. So, uh, it's pretty revolutionary. And then, uh, for world building, they can build the world super fast now. I mean, they literally built a a big chunk of a zone in in seconds live. Um, So, uh, that's by switching. They were using Houdini which is super complicated, probably awesome. For some projects, for a small indie team, it was too much. So they they switched over to uh, Gaia. Uh, and using Gaia, they're just fleshing out that world. And actually, I saw today mm-hmm. that they've already converted basically the whole continent. Uh, the worst I saw was one was one section was at 75%. So the whole human continent is converted now. So it looks good. It went from gray boxed, looking like a polygonal Mario sixty four kind of thing, just to lay out the world and put the quests in, all that kind of thing, to now it looks like a finished product. Now it's not finished; we are going to add details, blah blah blah. But the point is, it's a seamless open world now, which is crazy. Not what anybody expected with Pantheon, and also faster development. So, I will. Pretty good news.
1: I will come in because I am also very excited about this. I even made a comment on your YouTube channel that previously. You know, I've always. A lot of people don't know this. I was the first community manager for Pantheon right after the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I was the first community manager they had. Um, there was some snafus. I left when Tony and all the other guys left after the paycheck fiasco mm-hmm. and some other stuff. So, I've always wanted that project to succeed. I've always been interested in that. That was the project that got me to the point where I went because I came away from that and went, "Holy shit!" Unity is free. My brother knows Unity. I've got this world that I can build with Saga Glycemia. We could totally build our own MMRPG. That was what got me into that. Um, and if you can find him on the internet, I used to do a ton of videos around the Kickstarter. I was in, in Plietal Carmen on the beach doing promotional videos, which is when Brad reached out to me and said, hey, you want to become be community manager? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to be your community manager. Um, but I've, I've since just kind of, you know, because I was building my own game. And yeah. so then it became yeah. this thing of, well, I'm gonna be interested in them, but I'm not gonna be whole hog because I got my own MMORPG that's that's fulfilling my needs at the moment. Now that I'm no longer doing an MMORPG, I'm you know casting a gaze around and and there are things in development that I'm somewhat interested in. But the announcement of going to open, you know, seamless open world made me sit up and go, oh fuck! Now I'm like, now I'm actually interested in Pantheon again. And I will say there is a, there is a slightly – and I am going to say something here that's slightly negative about mm-hmm. this because as much as they will try to say it's going to speed up development, it's going to do this, it will do all those things. But to take those two steps forward, you have to take the one step back to refactor the existing world
0: mm-hmm. and
1: to get everything into that new pipeline, and that yes. will take time. And a lot of people will look at that and say, wow, this is just another – example of them just lying and it's like no it's figuring out through you know trial and error that these things aren't going to work and then stumbling right. on something that's going to give you something better and going we need to do this because it's going to be for the betterment of the game but yes it's going to take us that one step back before we can take the two steps forward now and the, the next- good news
2: the good news on that though is that they did that before the announcement right sure. they've already converted the old but yes there was a there was a period of time that would have been um pushing further into the world right that instead they had to take that amount of time to go back and, and get all that stuff that was houdini uh
1: make it fit into the and gaia system or, or whatever right i just um, i mentioned that yeah. because I, i've st- i've seen some comments going on, on the internet and i was like the people who are making those con comments tend to lack the context of knowing that sometimes you do have to take the one step back to make the two steps forward exactly um I also want to ask you another question while we're on the topic of Pantheon, which is because as I understand it, they they they're starting to do a refer a friend program now. Yes. When did is that already in effect or is that coming into so effect?
2: it right now that you can refer and um you can say, "Hey, I was brought here by this person or whatever." And all it does now is it's like a point system, right? What it turns into eventually is it's for your guild. Those points will go towards the guild to get, you know, uh, we don't really know, but we're assuming something to the effect of, like, guilds will have a level-up system, and the more points you have, the more you have to spend on a guild house. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm making stuff up, right? But, you know, things that would be beneficial for the guild. So um that's what's happening now. Now, for now, you can't even register your guild, so it's just going to accounts, right? And then once everybody goes in and starts forming the guilds, and all those points per member will go to the guild. Um so that's all we know so far. Uh, it's going to be expanded over time. It's just for now, that's kind of like they wanted to do something, right? And so they were like, we think this is the best system to do that. Another thing I want to mention, though, about that seamless open world and why it's such a big deal, right, is Pantheon has climbing, right? Like Breath of the Wild style where you can climb any surface. Being now that it's seamless open world, and there's not that couple of places where you go to get to the next area. Now you can climb mountains. You can um, do all these kind of exploratory ways, it actually changes the way that players will play the game. Um, it, it's it's cool. Like, seems Open World's cool, and we all like that, obviously, in MMOs or RPGs in general. But when you add in a Breath of the Wild elements like the acclimation system where, you know, weather affects it, so the high tippy top of that mountain super cold. If you don't have w- warm enough things, then you're not going to survive. Uh, really hot climates, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that you can climb, that just is a game changer for an MMO, right? Like, now you have all these ways to find shortcuts, to find new ways to get to areas, to do all these things. So it's just massive for a game that has the kind of systems they have in it to now say, now we're not even going to tell you how to get to the next area. You you figure it out, right? So pretty pretty freaking sweet. And the only other problem I thought you were going to mention, Renfeld, that everybody else is worried about is leashing mobs, right? Because yeah, in not EverQuest an issue me. style. Yeah, in EverQuest style, you ran to the zone line, right? And in some cases, we actually most of the time we cheesed it, right? We sat at the zone line and we knew that a few feet back we could get the, get the mobs off of us, right? Now Based on behavior and traits that NPCs will have will depend on how far they chase you. So there will be relentless. They actually confirmed that today. I kind of guessed in my video and said, I bet you they do relentless mobs that chase you forever. And then they'll have some that give up quickly. They'll have some that go get friends. They've confirmed it today that, yes, there will be some many situations that will make it worse for you, right? (laughs) Like you will actually, it'll be worse than having his own line uh, with some of the mob's behavior. So pretty cool. We'll see some exciting things happen out in the world. I believe people running from massive, uh, giant uh, bosses—they drug all the way out from a cave somewhere and
0: stuff. Yeah, for me, for me, without like a true open world experience, it, it just—I don't know, man. I have a really tough time feeling truly immersed in an MMORPG when. Like even even with the Elder Scrolls, like I love the game, it's beautiful landscape, but it, I do it 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 does come at a bit of a loss for me when I can't go from one zone to another and it be, you know, what I mean like I, if like for example like in World of Warcraft, like having at you know on Azeroth having like the Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor, like having those two separate massive continents and having to yes. travel like that makes sense for there to be like a loading screen, right? um yes for same me same thing
2: for pantheon sorry sorry there will be continents or you definitely get yeah. a say
0: was which is fair too.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah but when you go from like a zone to another zone if you have a loading screen like that kind of that kind of right and it kind of kick kills me a little bit in swotor too that was like one of the things that was like tough it's yeah like, you know you kind of would like you'd have to like load into things that sometimes you're like do i have to load into all this like it'd be cool if in some situations you could just go from one to another seamlessly and it doesn't always happen I it's pretty agree. much
1: only because i play star, star wars deal public a lot um it's mm. just the planets each planet is its own scene it's own. yeah yeah um, that's true all, so you do have to load the planets but once you're on a planet everything there's already loaded so you don't have to load in anything else from that planet yeah like each planet is set up like its own
0: yeah, yeah. it's stone. more it's more of like the instancing little scenario things that sometimes you have like on the you know what i mean like maybe you don't yeah. now but you used to like You go into a room and you have to like load into like some of your rooms a lot of the times and stuff like that oh no 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 it's all really you
2: have more seamless now yeah oh wow okay you you
0: have you do have like a um
1: if it's a class-based mission and you're not that class you won't be able to enter because of that that barricade but everything is seamless you
2: just kind of walk in now it's just kind of like a like a I remember it's like a blue light um, thing you just run through and now you're in an instance and you don't even uh, now that, that I don't oh, know about nice. like dungeons, but like story open world content, that's the way it works. No, that's nice. all the way.
1: It's all it's all like that. the, only thing, nice. I, the only thing that's truly instanced now? Are the, separate are the flashpoints, which are the tr- the traditional dungeons that require four players. Right, right. Those all take place in an instance that you have to load into. Um, that's just the way those are designed. Um,
0: nice. Those
1: are it- those are very heavily story-based um examples but everything else on the planets once you hit a planet everything on that planet because each planet will usually have like maybe six or eight of those mini dungeons that are like the plus two where you're supposed to go in with like at least two to three other people with you um those are all seamless on the same world it's just got that that blue light or whatever and as soon as you run through it you've now loaded into the private version of that for you and your group but there's no load times it's instant
0: so i know you all are looking forward to a few other things right i'm trying to think which one i want to hit here first of all can i just nerd out real quick about the fact that god of war is coming to pc the god of war uh was it with the one the newest one right that's kind of like exploring the the viking like a couple years ago um, oh shit it's,
1: so it's almost you're, it's almost like the
2: retirement so of uh of the hero but yeah. then not so much um it's oh god that's a good game dude Just
0: oh, you're I'm making stoked. me
1: if i had if i hadn't have just played it a year ago i'd do it a third time i've done it twice on the ps4 it is
0: january 14 a good
1: game and I was saying before the show that I'm gonna have to play it again before the next one comes out. I will absolutely because they only do in one more. They're only gonna do two in this, and then they're done. Yeah. So in the in the Viking saga. Mm. So I was like, I'm totally gonna go replay. Yeah. As soon as I get my PS5, I will replay this God of War, and then I'll roll right into the next God of War.
0: Oh, um, man. Dude. And have a
1: good like good three month like God of War
2: and what's yes. cool about it coming to pc is also that they they recently kind of i don't know what you call it kind of remastered it i guess for the ps5 um so we obviously you know they're going to take that version from pc probably with a few more enhancements right uh for uh g force etc i'm sure there'll mm-hmm. be tons of new things so pretty 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 freaking exciting because that game's one of those it's an experience you know like not just a game it's you get into it it's Mm -hmm. uh it's very good
0: yeah and i didn't get to play it because uh you know i didn't have a console and i played the first three plus the one that was on a psp actually and i loved them dude i loved the story it was just such a good it was such a good time it was very fulfilling like dante's inferno was another one that felt and played the same way i love that game yeah god it was so good dante's inferno was was a good one It was good, man. That one was like, go to hell. It was like, yeah. I'm going. You know me, I was all like, I'm gonna bring life's justice to the that was totally. (laughs) I nerd out, dude. (laughs) I nerd out weekend would get there and I'd be like, Oh my god, I'm gonna dig into my games and fucking nobody heard from me. (laughs) Like, you know, I might have had like I might have had like a show or something because I did music at the time. But I'd go and I'd do like my gig and I would come home and I was like, fuck it, you know what I mean? It was the craziest thing to be a rocker dude going as a front man, playing your show and being like, I can't wait till this is done. Cause I want to go home and play twilight princess. Like I did. Right. I was like, I get done doing it. It was like, Oh, this was a good time. I had a hell of a time. People are like, you going to the after party? Nah, man, I got to go home. I got stuff going on, stuff going on, <laughs> on with twilight princess or like God of yeah. war or something. No joke. Yeah. It was a fucking awesome. I would go home. I'd order a pizza, make bad choices, have a drink, whatever bad choices were more <laughs> diet related and i would just sit there and i'd nerd out and people totally they were like oh he's probably doing something cool i mean that was my thing it was cool. it was fucking cool
1: yeah. I, I will warn you though and i mentioned this before the show but i'll, I'll reiterate this since we're live now um mm-hmm. the best thing about god of war is that no side mission feels like a side mission each nice. side mission turns into like a 20 hour maybe not all 20 but like 10 to 20 hour so, you know, you're going off to a completely different region doing a completely separate thing that's enclosed within its own storyline, but still is taking place within the same world. and it, you know, it's worth doing because it everything in that game feels like the 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 stakes are epic. Yeah. so it nothing feels like a fetch quest. It might be you might need to go fetch this thing from this dungeon, but when you're there, you're also doing these other things, and there is so much. Oh, man, there's so many unique monsters mm-hmm. um, that the combat is so good. And the cool thing about it is because you have your combat trees and you can choose to have him have a fighting style that suits your specific because you've got the axe. The Leviathan axe is so fucking cool. Then you've got the shield, but you also have fists. And then eventually you'll get your knives and then you yes. have those as well. So there's so much going on, so many layers, so many planets. And here's the other thing. There's also a whole bunch of optional content that has nothing to do with the storyline, but it's just going to the different realms and getting cool equipment for your character and it has nothing to do with the storyline and it's just fighting like epic monsters that like i still i've done it twice i've never defeated all the valkyrie those motherfuckers are so hard um and it's like i've tried i think the most i've ever done is like four or five of them and i find every time i'm like fuck this it's like i've already been playing this game for like two months i don't have time to like keep going one of these days I, i will go back Maybe the next time I play it, because it'll be the third time I might actually do the full completionist version, but it's it's such a good game. You're going to have such a good time. That is a great game to sink your teeth into for the holidays.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably the coolest, most epic bosses in video game history. It's freaking crazy good. Like like jaw-dropping, you know. Uh, It's just so good.
1: Especially, I'm not going to spoil anything here, my wife was sitting with me when I logged in the first time, and it starts off such a peaceful, thankful setting, and, and everything's going good and then someone comes a knocking and shit just starts happening and it's just my wife was oh that part is so awesome dude freaking crazy he was freaking she's not a gamer she's over there screaming at me like do this do this and i'm like i'm trying i'm
2: trying (laughs) it totally that scene i'm not gonna give nothing away all i'm gonna say is it sets you up for this classic kind of thing that happens in movies etc and you're like oh lord this i know how this is gonna go Nope, it's not gonna go the way you thought like it's so nuts man oh my god that was epic and i'm gonna say another thing there's a part without giving anything away we're in a little boat okay and i was in the boat and i was looking around and i hadn't got to the part where it reveals the thing oh, that's gonna happen wow. but i was looking around i was like no freaking way it was something That was so big right that i was just Mm. like in the little boat just like you know paddling around being like no freaking way no freaking way could they even possibly do this like technology isn't good enough to do this no way and they freaking did
1: it's crazy it's the world building is amazing and i will also say the the this is not i'm not spoiling anything by saying this because this is a, a character from the classic literature and I can't remember his name, but the talking head, um, mm, right? Like oh yeah, yeah. Who who pissed off?
0: Yeah, um, they went a different approach with gods. him in the game too, from what I understand. Right. which is but good though. He
1: is such a cool character. And then what's even funner, and I'm not, I'm also not explaining, anything, the dwarf, <laughs> the dwarven brothers are the funniest motherfuckers. Yes, you'll ever meet in a video game. They did such a good job because there's such a disparity between the two it's yes, like yes it's oh
2: awesome my God. yeah so oh, good I can't,
1: I can't wait to hear your uh your thoughts on it yeah master
2: class oh, right
0: Only gotta wait a little while longer it'll be here soon you know what else will be here soon we don't have to wait too much longer for but it got a little bit of a delay elden ring
2: yes oh, lots but, of leaks lots dude, of leaks
0: out there folks but the thing is when you think about it it's like we're delaying the game it's a month it's a yeah, month yeah. dude this is like so Polished. normal for game development though you know yeah you get close to the launch you're like oh we need to polish a little bit we're gonna delay a little bit whole it's totally normal i don't even see stuff like that as a delay these days like in game and development. it's
2: worth it too yeah it's worth it because yeah. uh cyberpunk right let's not forget
0: let's we forget we
2: should have delayed that another year right <laughs> um so it's worth yeah. It. If they got if they said they got delayed then just be like mm. that's probably for the better, right?
0: Yeah. Also, if you're planning on playing Elden Ring and you are on console, it's pretty much all the main consoles right now. I think, you know, that's going to be released on they're like letting people test if you want to test, so you got to go to the website and sign up right now. Um also, uh this one was kind of fun. It's not so much gaming news as much as it's uh just kind of like platform news related to well, Steam, Epic, I noticed we talked about this with the NFTs. We've talked about NFTs, right? The yeah. Steam is banning NFT, cryptocurrency, and blockchain games, right? That's pretty much the, the long and short of it. But then isn't Epic also going, and we're allowing them. Isn't that what's Which happening? Which is
1: very now? ironic because like four months ago, Tim mm. Sweeney was out there in the public saying, you know, NFTs and blockchain are a scam. Right what's going on here with this i, th- I right. think they're just doing that
0: to it's to, to say it's to say well we're not going to do that well we are yeah because because yeah. isn't it's, that kind of the thing with epic games are like come to our platform because we're not going to take so much from you developers like they are so now it almost yeah. seems like this knee-jerk reaction because you know what it is, is? This, you know yeah. it's like oh you know well know what you're what doing is? that well we're not we're, we're the you people that happening? don't it's like come on i
2: i know we'll remember this Oh, Sega does what Nintendo don't. That's what's happening right now, right? Like it's the same, <laughs> it's the same freaking thing. They're bringing it back, man.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh shit, you're so so true, dude. It's so true. I can't argue that a bit. It's exactly what it feels like for me. Oh my gosh, dude. Um, and then Destiny two. Oh my god, I'm like this game triggered me. I bought this because it was released on battle battle.net that's how you know i've been playing world of warcraft forever ever, because they don't call battle.net anymore and i still do <laughs> yeah. it was what called that in the very beginning still, the blizzard still launcher is it called oh, the right, right, right. bnet launcher battle.net yeah, is what right. that's what we always called it when when they first went to having a launcher for the blizzard games and stuff but they they i remember they released destiny 2 and i was like i never played okay i didn't play one i was like oh i'm gonna play two i felt very like i felt like destiny 2 went really fast and i was like that's it like that was it for the story like i ended it that quickly it was a fun game right stepped away from it for a little bit bungie's like we're done with being on the blizzard the battle BNet launcher launcher whatever we're gonna go we're gonna put it here you can come you can get it from us here you have this much time to claim your account Sorry, I missed the memo. <laughs> no. I missed the memo. When I got the memo, guess what? Tough shit, Sim.
2: <laughs> Too late.
0: You buy it from us again. Tough <laughs> shit. You can't reclaim it. Doesn't matter if you got an account that we had on our site. Doesn't matter. you got to buy it. Well, how about fuck you guys? I don't want your damn game then. That's pretty much my thing. I played it. I actually contemplated giving it some time, trying it again, right? They were like, sorry, we don't care. I paid. I paid for the game. What do you mean? I I don't have it anymore. That's fucked up, dude. You should not... You should always honor if someone purchases a game to allow them access to their game. And they told me I can't. So I'm like, you know what? Never again. Never again, dude, will I play your fucking games, dude. You know why? Because you... You literally stole my game back from me, but you got the money. That's my perspective. I should at least have access to it. I get if some things, since the changes, aren't going to be carried over to me. But the game I paid for, I should still have access to. And I don't. Because I missed the deadline. Because I missed the date. Because I didn't get the memo. Yeah. I can't do it. Is that even legal? I don't know. But cl- the, the thing is, is that gets lost in the in between the lines of, well, we were partnered with them and now we're not. And now we're not using their launcher and it was available on their launcher. But now we're not, you know, so you didn't claim it. You did. not Well, sorry, I didn't get the memo. But anyway, long and short comes back to this point here. <clears throat> you guys can kiss my ass destiny Two. (laughs) (laughs) that's what it comes back down to it comes back down to i don't care about you anymore and i'm not gonna give you another chance that's what it comes back down to man i feel like you stole the game i was actually willing to give a chance away from me and now i can't even play the damn thing so and i tried man i went to there i went to every place i could go and the long and shortest the this is if you find any other details of how i can claim my account please enlighten me i could it could be ignorance i maybe just haven't found it i did look and it said by this date it was like december of 20 uh was it 2020 maybe or something no it's or 2019 maybe it's it's 2019
1: it was something a while ago because when they, they separated from activision like years now it's gotta be four or five years ago oh
0: shit and they gave a window and i missed it i'm sorry i wasn't playing the game because i wasn't the only
1: one right yeah let's be honest here uh lots of freaking people did january january of 2019 was when they went independent so that's that's not quite as long ago as I thought it was. I thought it was longer. Was it was 2019?
0: So, that, yeah. so I was 2019. Yeah, this, dude,
1: yeah. January January 2019. Okay, not
0: December. Oh, we got a kiss That's my a ass game. clip. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good clip. Dude, I'm just like... And then it's like... And then here we are. They're doing a season pass with the Witch Queen expansion all the stuff. I'm like, how about y'all kiss my ass I'm not doing shit? Give yeah. me my game back and then talk to me. But now I just... I don't even... I don't even really feel like I care anymore because I don't feel like you're loyal I, to your player base when you do that, man. Like
2: I'm going to take this moment of of filtered rage okay. to also mention another quick piece of news. Filtered rage. Nintendo announced. <laughs> oh, shit. Nintendo! announced <laughs> their expansion pass to play Nintendo 64, which includes Ocarina of Time, and Mario 64 again. Uh, they're doing it twice on the same console this time, right? But Okay, all right and second genesis games and if you get their expansion pass and i knew something was up right because they announced and everybody's been wanting 64 games on the switch blah 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 they announced it but they said we'll tell you about the price later and i was like oh boy oh that's not good right like you made this big announcement you're trying to get people hyped it's coming out at the end of the month and you're like we'll tell you later how much we're gonna charge so the price came out 50 bucks for 12 months okay for nintendo 64 games about uh, I don't know exactly, but about ten six, to twelve six, games, yeah, uh, eight to eight. somewhere in that realm, uh, and then maybe ten to twelve Genesis games, right? Uh, now, twenty bucks you're already paying, okay? If you got the Nintendo Switch, you're playing Nintendo Super Nintendo games, so it's thirty dollars more, right? Mm-hmm and uh, oh, uh, then they threw in some expansion pass for uh, what's that, uh, the that, that Animal Crossing game. Oh. Uh, but it's like, uh, it's like uh, everybody's pretty pissed, obviously. Oh, um, dude. It's kinda like, guys, you don't even have voice chat, right? Like, we can't even play online games. We have to use our phone to talk to each other, right? Oh. Like, you guys are so far behind the times. Now you was to pay a premium price that oh, PlayStation or Xbox charges for their online service just for some Nintendo 64 and Genesis games, right? That are old as dirt that everybody can freaking download for free in an emulator and play today if they want to, right? In the same, actually, better quality, Mm because you have a better monitor on your PC, etc. Dude. (laughs) Like, I thought Nintendo was bad with charging us every console to rebuy the same freaking classic games. This is a new level, because it's like, pay us $30 extra a year for access during that time on this console. And not to mention that we've already released Mario 64. Time activated, you guys remember that? That's why they did this. That's why they did that thing where it's like, hey, if you want Mario 64 in the 3D Mario games and you have to buy them during this window because they knew that they were about to launch this expansion pack service and they didn't want those two things to collide with each other.
1: The same console! It's, this, this 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 is why I shared the Destiny 2 thing early cuz that's why people are pissed off with Destiny 2 right now is cuz they're trying to microtransact the shit out of everybody.
0: Everything. Cuz yeah.
1: the whole controversy is that the new expansion doesn't even come with the dungeons included unless you pay for the deluxe edition. What? And if you don't want to if you don't want to spring for the deluxe edition, they're going to be available as add-ons later on. So oh, you can wow. drop your 60 bucks or whatever it is. Your 60 bucks for the base version of the expansion but you don't get the dungeons. You got so to spring the so much bucks.
0: money then for that. Yeah, you got to spring for the
1: $80 version to get the, the deluxe version to get the dungeons. Otherwise, you have to microtransaction. I definitely so not so touching like, that bugs,
0: shit now, shit.
1: It it only gets you the open like the outworld yeah. content yeah. story yeah. and
2: I, so doesn't that also mean the dungeons aren't attached to the story so they're not going to be as cool
1: anyway? I'm a that would be a good assumption to make. Um <laughs> because is, it, but it, it's just stupid. It's just like... Next level, man. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just oh, like...
0: just what, makes what me point? appreciate games like Warframe so much more, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, or, or just good single-player games like Jedi Fallen Order that launch and charge me 60 bucks, and Straight I get up. a fucking 70-hour game that I've played yeah. all the way through twice, mm. and I would happily do it again. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. And you know what I miss?
2: It. I miss back when you bought a game for 60 bucks and after you beat it there was unlockable content not with yeah. my wallet but with by playing the game yeah. i could unlock new content yeah. those days are practically dead now because to unlock the new content obviously that's going to be behind money, the paywall money, money.
1: yeah it's money. just like man
2: that was kind of what made
1: games really cool though was that there would be well, additional post game content yeah that's like i mean you think about it even like Uncharted one two three. You could go back and you could get more treasures and unlock greater things. All the Tomb Raider games, like all those games, used to do that. And and now, no, they want you to pay money,
0: dude. Yep. So, uh, things unrelated to specifically to gaming, right? So we can, we can, we'll wrap this one up here shortly. But or I say shortly, but soonish.
1: Well, I'm not allowed to talk about my OnlyFans account, so what are we discussing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear Renzo talk about a nostalgia ball, you got to go to his... Well, hang on. <laughs> Before Never you mind. transition, <laughs> I want to mention
1: a very yeah. funny thing. I think it's um the city of... It might be the city of Venice. I just saw this recently. Um, They're doing a tourism campaign. Don't quote me on that. It might not be Venice, but there's okay. there is a European city... Doing a campaign right now because they have a bunch of museums in their city and their social media posts were getting banned on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook because they show nudity, because it's classical architecture, classical statues, Mm, classical paintings. They spun up an OnlyFans account as a joke where it says, Come see all the 18 plus historical content that the social media platforms won't allow you to watch (laughs) anywhere else. They literally spun up, I got to find out who it is now. What? Oh, that's funny.
0: How funny, man! And is this kind of like, for art?
1: Yeah, it's classical for art. It's Vienna, art? Vienna, Vienna.
0: Oh, wow, that speaks volumes.
1: I'm gonna drop this link. This is to the Guardian. Which oh, is, uh, wow! Uh, it, but it's Vienna. It, it wasn't uh, Venice. And this is it's... why. This is why censorship oh, no. is bad. It's called why Vienna. To... Vienna. Oh, Vienna strips on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Vienna uncensored. Oh, because man. they can't show art on social media because we've got so many snowflakes out there who are like, Oh my god, I saw a pair of nipples.
0: Dude, okay. This is gonna be movie slash stuff related. So we we all know that I don't know shit about the wheel of time, right? I oh, purposefully yeah. I purposefully am going in blind and it's tough. It's tough for me as a researcher, like to, to fight my natural instinct, to want to gather all of the knowledge I can about everything. So I have a really good idea of what it is and the background and like the lore and the story, because that's my thing. I, I, I research and I, I learn and I, I love that. So the difficult thing is a, a well established set of novels going into knowing that there's a show I knew something about The Witcher before it became a show. I knew something about Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit before it became movies, because, and this new Tolkien universe show. I know something about that because I already knew The Wheel of Time, right? Is the first show or movie based on a fantasy world that I purposefully have not allowed myself to know anything about. I've gotten some. I've tried really hard, but I've caught a few things on like social media. And they're like, oh, here's a teaser. And I'm like, ah, shit, you know, because I saw something about like something related to like a dragon reincarnation or whatever that I saw or like I, I, I I'm not going to say that that's even accurate because I've tried to disassociate myself from what I saw. But there was like something about magic and this guy and there are these things. and I'm just like, oh, I don't wanna know. But. They, they've been they've been teasing stuff and it's so hard to not go and want to look up some things, but I'm doing my best because I don't want to read the books. I'll wait to read the books until after I've watched the show and it's done and I've consumed that I'll probably along the way learn things about the story, but I'm going to do re- I'm going to do my best to keep myself in the dark on this one. I'm going to try to give myself this one. Moment in time where I don't go research and learn about the background history of everything going on because I did it with The Witcher, I've done it with Tolkien stuff, uh, I've done I've done it with the show, the Tolkien universe show coming out based on the you know the the era I'm not gonna talk about. I've done a good job so far, and I'm gonna try really hard with this show to keep myself in the dark, right? So that when the time comes, I've watched the show. And then I go and I consume the actual novels and then I have that experience of like, oh, discovery. I'm going to do that with the will of time. I'm going to do it.
1: It'd be very interesting to me to to see what cover what books they cover during the first season. Because obviously there are, what, 14 books in the series and each each book is like an 800 page novel. I mean, they're huge. These are 400,000 word tomes. Um, And and you you can't. It's really, they're only doing eight episodes for season one. So, how much are we getting? Because they're not going to do 14 seasons of this show. Even Wheel of Time's mm-hmm. only got what, seven seasons or something, you know? So, let's assume they get five seasons out of this. Maybe let's say five. Five's a good number to shoot for. And that gives them 40 episodes. you How are you going to divide 14 books that are that huge into. Mm-hmm. 40 episodes so what i would suggest doing is is after we've seen the first season we should have an idea of what books Mm. they covered in that and i would highly recommend that you then go read at least that that chunk of the book series so that you have a better idea of what was going on in the show and what they kind of took out because i I wouldn't want to wait personally for the whole thing because Mm. those books are really good, um and they're really big, and they take a really long time to read like if you're gonna read all fourteen of those back to back, I and mean, that could take you a year if you're reading like a book a month like they're big books um but i am uh i'm I'm cautiously optimistic about it um they have a good mm-hmm. cast. That uh, they just announced today that Rosamund Pike is going to be doing a new audio version of the of uh, Eye of the World, the first book. Really? So she she seems to be like she's gone full 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 bore into this show from what I've seen, playing the one of the main uh, characters, Moraine, um, and like she's gone out there and like has been doing all this press, reading the books, and like deep diving into the character. She's going to be doing the audio book. I mean, she seems to really be taking the character seriously. Um, mm because she is a major character in the book, even though she's not the main, you know, she's like the Gandalf figure. She's the the mentor right. to Definitely the, not that. the main children, the main characters. Um, but it, it's, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic because who knows? And, you know, obviously there's that recasting of one of the main characters hanging over its right. shoulder as they go into season two. But the good thing is that it's already filming season two. So we know that it, the, it, the Amazon, uh, you know they obviously got a good enough reception that um, they were willing to green light it for season two. That's a good sign um, because uh, channels, especially Amazon, because they don't have as much money to throw around as like Netflix. Um, so yeah, yeah. By the way, Witcher three already got uh, Witcher already got renewed for season
0: two. I saw that, and, dude. And, oh, and so they're good. doing more
1: animated shows, and they're doing a family-friendly animated show like really? Netflix. Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah. Oh no, oh. Netflix capitalizing. Yeah, they gonna should. You should. Um,
0: you should go for it.
1: By the way, if anybody hasn't them. watched, if anybody hasn't watched the Netflix animated that came out a month Night- or so ago, Nightmare
0: of the Wolf, that was oh, sh- good, dude. So oh, I have to
1: good. see it. I haven't. Seen oh,
0: it, it. was it's good. So good. Yeah. You know,
1: it's, what? Ves- you- it's Vesemir when he's when he's younger. When he's young. Oh, it's such it a good so origin snapshot,
0: though, man. It's there, dude. Cool. Yeah, it's. I'm not. I. I didn't know if I'd like it because it's kind of more of like an anime style approach. Man, shit, it was good. It was really good.
2: Has has? Do you guys know has Squid Games? Because man, I just finished that, and that was freaking. I'm glad good. you watched it. My wife oh made me watch. Gosh, it, it was so and, good.
1: And she made immediately as soon as we finished watching it. I may have mentioned this last week. As soon as we finished watching it, like the next day, she we had to watch some animated dog movie or something because she was like, "I have to clean my mind after that." And I was like, "You were <laughs> the, the one who
2: made us watch it." Like. It is, man. That story, is just like, dang, dude,
1: jeez, man. Uh, it's, it's a very yeah. interesting take on societal, like, how do we deal with mm. poor people? Like, yeah. yeah. on the one hand, it's like, it's, on the one hand, it's exploitive. But on the other hand, yeah. is it really? Because you're giving them the chance? Like, yeah. It's really and, it, up. And, and yeah, there's that,
2: there's that little speech towards the end where he's kind of like, you know, explaining uh himself or explaining the situation it's kind of like i mean you can't he's right right he is right it's it's screwed up right and and i'll tell you something else it really it play it's one of those where the story's so good that you're looking at situations and you're saying that's what i would do too i mean what what choice do you have and you know what i mean like i would do you know uh oh man and the the not going to give anything away but the 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 wife and husband thing oh that got me dude yeah that, oh, was that got me that was
1: brutal yeah oh my because gosh. not spoiling anything but when they went into it thinking <gasps> yeah
2: oh yeah it's oh uh, it's so crazy have you seen it sim no it's... oh it's good dude you gotta watch it uh so i will say this you can turn on dubs if you're lazy right to where it's uh, english voice actors. it's not too bad but it's not great either right uh but there was days where i had a headache and i was home from work and i was like i don't want to read a bunch of stuff today and i would put on the dub and it's not too bad it's it's like the classic anime where they dub it over uh but I, if you do that turn on the captions as well mm. because they're translated differently different and I had, to, I had to do the whole explanation mm. for my wife. but if anybody doesn't know they have to match the mouth movement right so it's not perfect translation when they do the dub uh, it can't be because they have to say it in a way that it looks like the person said it right but if if you do the captions they are still not 100 accurate because that was an interpretation there's words that exist in japanese it don't exist in english and vice mm. versa so it's not perfect right but it doesn't matter you'll get the freaking point and it's fantastic
0: jeez so many things in the horizon i don't know you guys like dc hey, yeah that's
2: a japanese i meant korean sorry i had to correct that it's yeah. japanese korean sorry
0: um do you all are you all like into like uh, comic book hero stuff like dc universe stuff by chance
1: no i used to be when i was a teenager but it's been years
0: michael keaton's batman gonna be in the new flash i was like oh shit yep. hey, they've
1: got a, oh, uh, variations yeah. of them coming in because they're he,
0: yeah the and multiverse. the flash Yep, i, I love the yeah. multiverse stuff tying in with the flash like that pretty much anything that does multiverse stuff i'm always like oh this is great you know what i mean like you ever watch a fringe tv show that was a good one too
1: fringe was amazing oh that was so good you're gonna get me off on a tangent now because um (laughs) that show was like that was that was the first show since the x-files where i felt truly like gripped in a way that was like it wasn't like Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica, reimagined Battlestar Galactica was just like fun. That was just amazing. It was fun. Just the storytelling was so fucking good. I was like as a as an author, I was just like this is so amazing. Yeah. Fringe was me going in as a consumer mm-hmm. going I want to be entertained yeah. and you are entertaining the hell out of me. Yes. And it was creepy but funny and sometimes mm. And I, I'm not, I'm not gonna remember his name now. But the older guy who played Denethor in in Lord of the Rings yeah. was like the crazy scientist, and he did Walter it Bishop. so, yes. so. Yes. And then they start playing around with the multiple dimensions, and, yes. then, and it's like your mind every time, every yeah. season, your mind is like just further yeah. blown. It's such a good show. I have only watched oh. that through once. I could totally watch oh. that again.
0: And you got Leonard Nimoy was in there too. I mean, it was yeah, just like, oh, too. it was that so too. good.
1: Ex partner. Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
0: man. And I I felt bad that they had to like kind of get through it faster towards the end. Cause they the show was getting canceled. And I was like, no, Oh, I felt cheated a little bit. I hate it when that happens with a show you love, but because maybe people don't get it or it doesn't get the ratings or whatever. That like they have to like get it done quicker. Like ah shit, we didn't have the time yeah. to savor the yeah. the journey. You know what I mean? That this could have gone on. It's always unfortunate. Lynch.
1: Oh my god, the cow in the laboratory. There's so many good like ah, oh, I need to watch that again it's
0: good i've seen it like episode. three times too i think oh wow yeah it's good man it, it hits my it hits the marker man for me it's like <laughs> the multiverse stuff and talking about oh, i was like oh, don't no, how he's like use amber for things and then like yeah. how it all ties back into spoiler alert i don't feel bad about talking about this because you'll be like it's what's straight, amber it's i don't been care out forever it's been out for a while yeah. yeah so if you're if you're like what what i'm gonna be like i guess you gotta go look i'm not really spoiling <laughs> yeah. anything because the whole amber scenario or the how Dude, and then how they reintroduce them later due to the amber thing. You're like, oh my god, you have to get him back. into this is how you're like. People are <laughs> like, what do you mean? So and I'm like, I didn't actually really spoil anything. I kind of hit at it, but unless you see it, you don't really know you're it. You got to watch it. Yeah, you still got to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, man. But yeah, dude, uh, I'm pretty stoked, man. The, the next year looks like it's got a lot of beautiful. And Dune is released, isn't it today? I think it's today dune's released right isn't it today oh, there tomorrow yeah i think it's the 21st i'm pretty sure i'm almost positive it's today and now i'm going on oh, 20 seconds
2: shit. tomorrow damn it it's tomorrow yeah
0: okay i'm sorry my days are all kinds of whatever but yeah so i'm pretty excited about that because you got dune you got the Wheel of time coming you got the witcher season coming up you got the tolkien stuff next year you got games releasing over the course of the next six months or so that are going to be stellar you're just like oh yeah, and I know I'm as so much cute. as these,
1: as much as these, uh, a lot of people want to push us to the theater, and yeah, we we built these things for the theater and so on and so forth. Um, I'm a big fan of of stuff being available everywhere. Um, also, by the way, today I forgot to mention this, and mm-hmm. it just popped up my head because I had to go to my Facebook page. They dropped the Uncharted trailer today. Um, it looks really really good. It's still not Nathan Fillion in the role of Nathan Drake, which I really oh, wished right. would have been. Uh I'm gonna drop this link in the YouTube or in I'm your uh, Discord then. here. Um not Discord, sorry, I'll drop it here in um that is the link there to the Uncharted trilogy uh movie. Um and it looks like it's gonna be a fairly good adaptation, even though I don't really agree with Marthy Marky Mark's casting as, as solely. Um, but they've obviously made oh, yeah. Nathan Drake's character a lot younger than he is in the video game. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we've got a whole bunch of stuff between like October, November, December, January, February, like this next six months in terms of Mm -hmm. shows and video games. You're not wrong, man. We got a glut of good content coming
0: out. So stoked. We're going to have so much to nerd out about on the show starting as early as, well, I guess November is kind of a big time actually for us, the three of us specifically, because not only do we have like the will of time coming out that we can nerd out about, but also we're probably going to be nerding out about our D and D adventures and like what we're looking forward to and what we're learning. And I think this is a specific snapshot that I want to po- put talk about and kind of like note is I think you know like Nathan and Renfell they they both have done tabletop a lot more than I have my experience has been limited it's been enjoyable although limited and i've played games that have been similar to this you know in a lot of ways but i haven't actually been able to really like ex- talk about my journey or experience and this is going to be an opportunity for me to do that you know yeah. as i'm learning to really get good at doing dungeons and dragons content and for me like long term like we're going to get to enjoy doing some of Renfill stuff Long term, this is great for me because this is great for world building. For me, this is great for character development for me. I've got those books for Pathfinder and D&D back there that are a whole shelf right there because I know the value that they provide for someone who's creating worlds of their own. And maybe one day I can take people on adventures in my own world and using it as a setting too, using this rule set as a method to do so. So I also think yeah. that
1: technology is it's just getting better every yeah. year and it's get, it's becoming easier and easier for creators to create worlds because the tools get easier to use every year like even like looking back at 2014 when I first started with Unity it was still very bare bones flash yeah. forward to where we are now and where Unreal is, I feel Unreal yeah. – in my personal opinion, I feel Unreal is a little bit superior to Unity because they've it had is. more years to be doing, Let's no, to be clear, doing it. Let's be clear, it is. yeah, Right, and so my brother and I obviously mm-hmm. took a lot away from working with Unity for like seven, eight years, but even though there was that learning curve with Unreal, they're – like I can't stress enough how cool Blueprints are even though they they don't replace programming mm-hmm. in that sense. But once you learn how to, because it's all node-based, so it's just figuring out the conditions to get this thing to do what you want to do. And once you figure out how those conditions are met and set, then it's just dragging and dropping nodes and connecting them to each other. It's such an amazing set of tools because you can then make uh, it's just i'm I'm nerding out a little bit right yeah, now are. because you were just saying you know and i was thinking back to like when my brother and i first started this like six what's more six months ago now like eight months ago and we just recently went back and he was telling me i think it was last, last night when we were talking he was like i've got the i've got the icon the shortcut set up on my desk and he's like it's i'm kind of sick of looking at it but he says at the same time it's really cool to look at the build from back in like april when all we had was the gray boxes and we were running around trying to figure out how to get the doors to open to being where we are now, where we're stressing about how do we, how do we like get the animation to sync up the right way? And in, in this one specific tiny little instance, because the mouth's not moving mm-hmm. the way we want it to move, yeah. because that's such a highly advanced thing compared to getting a door to open. But in the scope of the seven or eight months since then, when you can look back on that, it's like you can take an idea and not need to know programming. Right. And as long as you're willing to put the time in to learn the tools that they've made available to you, you could figure it out. And then, th- as a, as a, as a as a dungeon master, even looking at looking at tools like Tales, uh, is it Tales Talespire? hmm Yeah. That is just getting going. If, if you yeah. give that another four years, five years, I can't even imagine where we're going to be in terms of being able to yes. take tabletop and putting it into a 3d environment without necessarily, because we have great tools today, like fantasy grounds, roll 20 foundry VTT, but these are two dimensional and, yeah. and you're still working in a two dimensional space. But if tailspire can, uh, can adapt itself well enough and, and scale itself well enough to where it's, it's, easily accessible then that's the next transition for tabletop because yeah now we can take and also uh, also um mike what is his name he was he's the mike um He's the one celebrity who's huge into D&D, and I'm blanking on his name right now. He's the super oh, nerd, but right. he's also Magic Mike. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Oh,
2: yeah, Mike Cena or
1: something no, like that. No, starts with an M.
0: M. So. He was in True Blood, yeah. Oh, Mike Yeah, yeah I, forget, I forget his name, but yeah, I know you're exactly Joe, what you're talking
1: about. Joe, uh, or, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he just announced me. like a yeah. month ago that he's partnered with a team that's doing augmented reality for mm-hmm. tabletop settings. So now yeah. if you're sitting at a table oh, and Christ. you've got your tablet with you, you can see everything on the table through your tablet, and it's all augmented reality. Those yeah. are the, these kind of things that I'm looking at as a content creator. Going, mm. oh man! Like as this yeah. technology gets better, I keep I always come back to the hollow suites in Star Trek. Yes. Oh my
0: god, dude! Yes.
1: That's that's the eventual
0: yeah. end
1: game for yeah. whether you're a book author, a TV show writer, a movie director, uh, uh, a video game oh director that's that's the end goal is to have a a fully interactive holographic environment for whatever is up in here and it doesn't matter if it's a movie a video game a book comic or whatever and that's where we're all all these technologies are pushing us in that
0: direction you you know what went to vr right
1: oh
2: recently
0: i saw the media and it was my favorite one of the series resident Evil Four, went to freaking vr i was like
2: it did wait you mean it is going to oh like, it's it's, it's be- there
0: yeah i'm pretty sure it's actually like there right now mod? hold on is it a mod no it's like this is like yeah. an announcement i was like dude wait what
2: guys i can't even begin to describe the ptsd i got from <laughs> playing resident evil 7 in VR. I never played it before it just launched today brand new headset wow
0: yep a october 21st oculus quest 2 headset it releases oh, evident, Re- Resident Evil oh, 4 VR today.
2: Guess what my kids are getting for Christmas, baby.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> guess what my kids are getting for Christmas.
0: Nightmares? Quest 2. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll never so, forget. Cool. Uh, first Resident Evil uh, on the original PlayStation. I had a roommate at the time. I couldn't play the game because it scared the shit out of me so bad and like nice. i had i could only watch him play it for like 15 20 minutes before i was just like dude i got to go outside and have smoke like i just i can't <laughs> man, shit. i can't handle this it was so yeah. intense back in the day also yeah. why like i have a hard time playing like alien or doom or any of those games i could do it about 15 20 minutes by that point my heart's beating like i was running a marathon and my palms are sweaty and i'm just like <laughs> Yeah, I need a break. I gotta take a break. But with the with the with the
2: tabletop thing though, like all these technologies coming together, right? Like AR, VR, um, uh, yep. and, and digital tabletops. Um, eventually, uh, instead of us just having our little pictures up on the um, you know Discord, and then the you see in the table. Eventually, we'll get to the point where we just have a a uh, specialized Avatar, baby. Hololens camera, right? And we're mm-hmm. sitting at a table, even though we're actually in our own space at home. And and seeing that and uh so that's that's pretty cool, but I think
1: we'll see that in our lifetime, right? I, I think we will too. I mean it's moving fast enough now. I mean, I can remember I gave a presentation in 2015 in Spain in March, and it was right around the time that Amazon bought uh, Twitch, and that was when Facebook was pushing the 360 photo feature yes. on facebook um but also that's when virtual uh, augmented reality was making a big push at that point in time and i remember um big hotel chains were starting to put holograph holographic representations in the high-end suites so that you could be in your you know thousand dollar a night suite and you could be browsing this holographic catalog of the hotels around the world where you might want to go and they have these fully 3d um holograms of the hotel and the rooms and everything else around them and then also at the time jaguar had just come out with their first augmented reality interior for their car where mm. you've got an augmented reality thing on your windscreen where your gps instead of being on a little you know window, is on the whole screen and you're actually following a ghost car in front of you and and that ghost car is going where you need to go. And then it also had the sensors on the sides that shows pedestrians on the augmented reality as they're coming up out of your blind spot. I mean this, and that was 2015. I mean, technology has come so much further, even in that amount of time, it's, it's mind blowing sometimes to think about. Yeah.
0: So I know we are at the end of the show and I know we're going to be picking back up on some of these discussion points in the very, very near future um but man i am really excited about like the character creation coming up for dnd that we're gonna you know be doing here for the yeah for and for the announcement coming up here in the next probably what week week and a half or something at the most uh that renfield is going to be making about what, what we're kind of doing and what we're going to be a part of and i'm excited about it man this is going to be I've, I've kind of wanted to be able to do something like this for our <clears throat> for quite a while and uh, it's kind of nice to be able to finally have the opportunity uh, by the to do that, timing so. worked
1: out for you because yeah it sounds it sounds like it's at an important juncture in your life too so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's i think it's i hope i hope that it can be more than just an entertainment
0: yeah. thing for you same
1: it serve as that catalyst mm-hmm. uh, to, to propel you to bigger and better things creatively yeah. that's yeah. what it did for me years ago too yeah. uh, not for every creator out there but i know some writers like mm. raymond feist just talked about like the whole Rift right. Horse saga is based off of D campaign mm-hmm. you know with his buddies you know right um so being able to have those kinds of inspiration sources it, it can be pretty powerful
0: yeah definitely definitely i can agree with that and i think you know i don't know man i'm at this point where it's like everything's just regardless of what's going on in my life like everything in the world and in in the universe or whatever right now is it's going it is like my creative elements just getting pulled like that was just yesterday like i talked about that story we started today off with it just it's 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 right there man I'm i'm at the cusp and i can't hold back and by the way Thank you so much to everybody who has. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and announce them here because we don't have a ton of people doing this. So it's enough to coffee drinker gruntag and to goo four who gifted four subs, all those subs today and all of the support. Really, really appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. And um, friends, we might be getting to the end of the show. I'm going to go on ahead and let my fellow. Uh, party members here, Renfell and Nathan, kind of shout out their domains, where you can find them when they're not on this podcast until we get continued with next week. So, gentlemen, uh Renfell, Nathan. Nathan, you go ahead and go first.
2: Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, The Nathan Napalm, uh, and uh weekly um uh, three to four, sometimes five videos if there's a lot going on uh, per week, so come join me and subscribe. I did finally, last week, I oh, was yeah. complaining that I was stuck in that little bubble. Uh, I finally burst that bubble, so um, uh, we're moving forward again and <laughs> got progress going. So uh
1: very cool. But come check me out. And Renfail. Uh YouTube forward slash RenFail. Uh is primarily where you can find me. The Patreon's about to change soon, so we'll worry about that another day. But YouTube and it would be great. Yeah, people follow along. I would love to get to a thousand. I'm at I'm at four fifty plus now, so I'm I'm chugging along, but uh, I'm doing a lot of different stuff there, so that that can be it drives some people nuts because I do it's like a variety of stuff. So it's books, it's video games, it's talk mm-hmm. shows, it's my personal blog space. There you go. I do videos just about every single day there. So
0: yeah, I'm I don't always usually shout it out, but um, so I've got three YouTube's and I want to make sure everybody knows this show is hosted on my main one, which is Samorak HQ. My name. HQ, after you go and you search it up, we are pushing a 1,000 subs. So if you're not already, if you're subbed to my Ashes HQ or my ESO HQ uh, YouTubes, um, you can check those out. You can check out the websites as well. But most importantly, go there, follow that YouTube. If you don't catch this live, that's where the video uh, videos are posted. Um, go to our Twitter at the LFM show. Tw- uh, posted right there and pinned to the top of our Twitter profile. You will see all of the links for all of the audio formats and where you can find those as well. So definitely go check them out, like subscribe, follow, and most importantly, join us here next week, Thursday, 5 PM CDT right here for the next episode of the looking for more podcast friends. It might be the end of the show today, but got to give a big shout out to all of you who have been here along uh, this journey with us. It's gone through many revisions. There'll be many more, uh, but definitely looking forward to the future with all of you. And, uh, until next time, Rancid Plenty friends, we'll catch you again soon. Stay safe, walk in the light, and have be a great night, at night. Be the be the oh, metaphorical crowd. Okay, again, let's just end this before <laughs> I get banned over here on Twitter. All right, bye everybody. <laughs> See you
1: later. <laughs>